Paul. Tell me about the good old days. It's super spooky, spooky. Stand episode 110 so happy Halloween and as you're listening to this so we're going to review Friday's game with Cork later on but as it's cup final week we thought we'd do something a bit special so we brought on a couple of Rovers legends onto the show and they know all about the win of an FAI Cup so it's Mick Leach and Paddy Mulligan so welcome lads Thank you, lads. Thank very you. much indeed. Good, Good to see you after all this time. Yeah. Good to have you. Finally. You're looking yeah. bloody you sick. <laughs> <laughs> These two jokers. Happy days. <laughs> it took us a bit more <laughs> hour to get the first thing going. Words can't describe <laughs> what just happened. Yeah. We're having great cracks. So we're going to dive right into it. What? So, so Paddy, you what are you going to dive right into? That's what, I, that's what I'd like to know. I don't like when a fella says that to me. Depends <laughs> what you're diving into, doesn't it? Was, it was a woman, that's fair enough. But a fella saying that to you, we're going to dive right into you. <laughs> So Paddy, you grew up kicking a ball around Chapel Lizard and later you moved to Bournemouth on the north side, so Yes indeed and, and, and uh, in between that um I would have been I would have been reared in Chulman County Galway and we've been playing uh, with a small a very small ball, it could probably a rubber ball because uh, if you had a tennis ball you're really you're really making it. And very few people had, had, had could play with a tennis ball in those days and uh, the rubber ball played off the gable end of the of the grandparents' house and, and uh, it was all pebble dashed. So it was coming back at different angles. And announce yourself, you were culturing yourself. And Mick here probably does the very same thing, be it on, on the roads in Dublin or, or wherever it was. And uh, So the was, unnatural bounce coming back off the game. And, uh, yeah, and it was brilliant. And it was brilliant. And I was a great fan of I was a great fan of Rob, of course, at that time. Ball control. Some, some ball. Never, I never improved me. <laughs> Touched like an elephant. I thought it was. I thought it'd be golf balls to be heading back against the wall more. <laughs> like that's what that's happened in my head. It was golf balls, but I, I, but I, I, I loved the Rovers. He put a dinge in them. Yeah, I loved the Rovers team and of, of that era uh, of the fifties and the Waterford team. The Waterford team were an exceptional team also yeah. in, the, in that era, and and yeah. the Fitzgerald family in Waterford and the Hales, and, and, and the Hales, uh, Alfie Hale and Georgie Hale, Dixie Hale. Ah. Wasn't there some big Jack fixtures for Waterford in that era? Oh, there was, there was some, yeah, in, there was some magnificent games with, with the Rovers team of that era and, and the Waterford team, the Petty Cole team. Petty mm. Cole was, was was an absolutely magnificent player. To me, uh, I know I only saw him probably in, in the last maybe four or five years of, of his career, but his vision on, on the pitch, his, his, his midfield control, his, his touch was absolutely brilliant. And I think that, I think... That he was probably the greatest Irish player ever. He was. Wow. He was. He was. He was immense. Paddy Cod. I sure. But the story was Paddy when he played United in the in fifty seven yeah. in the in the and in then the, the replay over at Old Trafford. Yeah. United bet him three two, but he was mm-hmm. 31, 32 at the time. Yeah. Uh, and United wanted to sign him. He's run the show. Yeah. And he yeah. Wa- United wanted to sign yeah. him, and he, he wouldn't leave Rovers. No. He could have gone. He, he could have gone at any any year. 
from the time he started playing for Rovers to the time he started playing in, in, in League of Ireland football and he, and he never went. A bit like Ronnie Nolan. Yeah. Ronnie Nolan, United wanted to sign Ronnie Nolan back after, the, after that horrific Munich disaster but he wouldn't go. That type of loyalty is kind of lost on players now. Oh, it's gone. It? I mean, there's, no, there's no such thing as loyalty. It's all yeah. about how much they can earn um, and, and how, how much their, their, their bank account is which is very, very sad. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that all of them are like that but it appears to me that enough, uh, the majority of them are and they're just mercenaries, just yeah. whoever whoever is going to pay the next, uh, the best book, away they go. But Paddy, look, around due respect, I don't hold that against the player because we grew up in the near day when, whether you like I don't hold not, it against him. Yeah, no. no, I'm just making the point well, that that's what yeah, unfortunately is, yeah. is happening. Look, like the game has turned around completely. Like in air time, you were a slave of the club. If the club oh, didn't yeah. want you, they could still retain you and not even pay you. They just kept you, like, we've... Hmm. You could keep you for two or three years, really? not pay it, not play on the teams. And what they were paying you was buttons, but they could still retain you. And it was only when the Bosman rule came in and more or less broke that situation. So, like, it's the circle has turned the full way around now because where now the players have the power. In, in their time, the, the clubs had the power. Yeah, It's gone too much. It's gone from the power yeah. of the directors of a football club, their owners of football clubs, having total power. To the players now having told agents so in the in the in the middle them. there should have been a, a meet someplace yeah. in the middle and the agents are, are just a cancer in the game it's a shady world isn't it, no, it, it, really it is. it's vicious it's once there's money involved it becomes it becomes shadier and shadier well, it was always shady in professional yeah. football but we never saw it being at home here it's only when you when you get to england that you say oh what's going now on it's here murky. yes it's murky. Murky. the side of it now that you don't like is that agents are taking money out of the game like where even the clubs transferred between them, the money was still the same or in the confines of the game. But now you have agents like of no interest and all of a sudden they're taking... You look at the figures from the clubs in England see how much it's paid to the agents. It's and that, that's just gone out of... I think the Pogba's agent made around 20 million from the Yeah, days. crazy. Look, look at Neymar's father. That's, that's, mm. that's lunacy. Neymar, I think, registered him as a company. Yes. Same with Tevez. That's, yeah, all that's, the what, the, that's where they all operate. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, and probably the, Messi. Messi the same. Sell the rights, right, sell yeah. everything, yeah. yeah. South American yeah. players are pay players from like Eastern Europe. What happens is like a company buys them and they say, right... We'll put the money into developing them, whatever, and then they send them on. So, like when you see maybe a twenty million figure for the player, only maybe three or four million has gone back to the club. Yeah. The agent is still like, and that's dead money. It was like when Te- Tevez and Mascherano came into English football. That was fascinating, yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, Tevez gets the winner at, at Old Trafford to 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 keep West Ham up. And send Sheffield United down, and Sheffield are only back now in the, in the Premier League. Yeah. And Sheffield, neither were the ones that that that, that lost out uh, completely. But nobody knew who owned Tevez and who knew Mascher- yeah. who owned Mascherano. It was crazy, wasn't nobody it? Nobody had, had an idea, and yet the English FA allowed that to develop. Uh, Paddy, going back to your early career, uh, you started off as a midfielder actually, but then your home farm manager took the decision to move you to right full at the age of sixteen. Yeah, he, he um, you get you get away. A, a, when you're in schoolboy football, you get away with an awful lot. Uh, in that area, you would have got away with, with, with an awful lot when you could play inside forward. Because there wouldn't have been too many really, really good players playing uh, either with you or against you. Right, so you that's, got, can we clear you, something you up nowadays? Right? An inside forward, can for, for younger listeners? Midfield player. Midfield, midfield player. Midfield. An inside forward. So let's say, who would be our inside forward now for Rovers? Well, 
Finn. Finn, or, yeah. Like Jack, Jack Bowen. Jack really, Bond. yeah. yeah. Now, that's, that's yeah. something that I think a lot of our younger fans yeah. would not that's have known. Way, yeah, that's the way, that's the way it would be. Uh, look, so you could say a number 10, possibly. But a number 8 and a number 10. Yeah. yeah. Where, where the yeah. two midfield... A four was, like... In but a, you did, you did, you did everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you attacked and you defended. When, when play was on your side, you attacked. Yeah. When play wasn't on your side, you covered round and made sure that everything was covered, that if anything broke down. So I, I didn't know that, yeah. to be honest. I but didn't it was, know. Uh, no, I no, sure. no, Did you guess that? No, no, no. Numbers wise, it's conflicting. Like, in our yeah. time, a four, a six, an eight and a ten were main four midfield, midfield players, players yeah. right? Yeah. And the nine, and the, the nine maybe was the front player. And yeah, the se- seven and eleven were the two wingers. Were the two wingers. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. the way and the, the two or three were the two full yeah. backs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you five know? was a centre half. Five was a big drop centre half. And then what they did was they dropped the four back in, so it became two, three, four, five, but back four, right? Yeah. Then six and eight were more or less the midfield players, and it was seven, nine, ten, and eleven. But that's the way the formation developed into. Well, now we've got people but believe it or not, ninety-nine and sixty-six. Yeah, <laughs> but believe it or not, there's nothing much has changed in the game because the aforementioned Joe Fitzpatrick and Home Farm in nineteen fifty-eight played me as. Uh, uh, in front of the back four in home farm. Right. Now he had done that in 1958. So there's nothing new. You go back to 1956 to the FA Cup final with uh, Man City and and, and Birmingham City and Don Revy played as a false centre forward. All he did was just drop deep. He didn't play as an out-and-out centre forward. And now they call it the false centre forward. False nine. We've seen seen all of this. It's not a new concept. We've seen all this. Yeah. It's not a new revelation. There's nothing new about it. And the most important thing for a footballer is have your first touch right. If your first touch is right, you've got a chance. If not, and your second you, is a tackle. And then if you can pass the ball. You have to be able to pass. And if you can't, if you can't do either of those, forget about it. See you later. And, and it's very simple. Yeah, it's very simple. the situation where really what brought home the sort of tackle side of the game was the 66 World Cup in England mm-hmm. won it. Like, they sort of said, oh, it's a 4 3 3 system, right? Which was sort of totally in, against the trend. That yeah, yeah. When Jimmy Graves was up front, he dropped the nail of the team. They put Rod, Roger Hunt in to play because he was doing more or less. You close people down. Shut the game more, down, yeah. 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 And that's Graves all it was. Like, that's, that's 50 odd years ago. So. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing much has changed. It's it's the. It's in, in the modern in the modern world in, in every facet in the modern world. It's all about sensationalism. Uh, if I hear a commentator or a former player on, on radio or television say a, a fifteen yard pass is sensational, I'll pack it. That's in. your bread and butter. See, we can't a twenty five thirty yard pass is your bread and butter. Yeah. Not fifteen yards. That's your bread. And, that should not be a problem. You're fond of an LP. Yeah, you that should not be a problem to go and pass a ball. No problem whatsoever. Oh, it's sensational. I'm, <laughs> I'm sick to the teeth of hearing it's sensational. I've no time for that. But going back to my, my, my schoolboy yep. days and, and, and even before I joined Home Farm, Chapel Isaac was a great learning curve as well because we all loved football. And one, one, one man who played football with us and brought us up to the California Hills on the way up to Ballyfermot, up to Ballyfermot Hill, always right up to California Hills. Um was uh, um, Dutchy Holland. The deceased? The great, the great, the great Dutchy Holland. Yeah. The great Dutchy Holland. Really? Jean Holland. 
and he lives down there. Uh, we live on St. Lawrence Road. He lives on St. Lawrence Road. Lives in a lovely house overlooking the Liffey. And family were a lovely, lovely family. What happened to Jean, as I knew him, God only knows, because all he wanted to do was go and play football. Again, the little problem banks. And then look what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Then look what, well, Paddy, we'll go back look, to look your career at Bowles. Chapel Izzard was great. Because uh, Charlie, Rochford, Charlie Rochford lived next door to me, and Chapel Izzard had a, had, a, had, a, had a soccer team then as well, a senior team, and, and he played outside left in it. And it was funny, you'd go down, the, the, the grounds were down behind the church, and you'd, you'd go down to watch him playing. And just before he'd be going out on the pitch, he'd be smoking a cigarette. Uh, there you are. <laughs> but that was it. But, but that happened in Milltown as well. And, and you know that in Chapel Lizard, there was League of Ireland ground. There mm. was a racetrack in Chapel Lizard. Yeah, St. Pat's. Pat's St. Pat's and, yeah, Shelburne. and Shelburne played in there as oh, well. I never saw Shelburne yeah, play Shelburne, there. Shelburne, Pat, Shelburne I, I think won the league there in, in 50 something, 54 or 54. No, no, no Pat's were playing there then. Yeah, but, but Shelburne and Pat's played there. Shelburne still no. played I guarantee you, don't play in Japanese. We lads, we're gonna have to move on. Yeah, <laughs> but why? <laughs> Do you know where Chapel is? It is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the the. It's an Greyhound bar, which in the Dutch estate, if you were going over the the, the bridge, you no, know the Mullingar the bridge, house, the pub on the right hand yeah. side, Joe Phillips pubs, yeah, the best bit. Between the bridge house and the Mullingar house, the, it was that area in there. That yeah. was all. And you were convinced Shells won the league there. No, well, um, Pat's, Pat's won the league. Pat's, Pat's won the league. Pat's won the league there. Yeah, but Paddy, we'll move on to your career at Bowes. 1963, you departed Daly and you didn't like the attitude of the squad. No, no, and and what I what I didn't. I didn't really want to sign for Bowles, but Joe Connolly, who was a neighbour of ours in, in, in Bowman, and I was a good friend of my dad's, he was saying to dad, oh, get, get, get Paddy to Bowles and so on. And, and George Lax was the manager and Andy Cattle was, the, was the, uh, the chairman, I suppose, or secretary of the club. And anyway, we agreed and I said, right, I'll go. I was, I was very happy in Home Farm. Nothing wrong in Home yeah. Farm at all. So I went up anyway and we, we, uh, we went up on the proviso that if I didn't like it after a month, I'd go back to home farm. Right. That's that's was the agreement. And then I didn't like it after a month. I thought the attitude was absolutely woeful. And and uh, the training was the training was, was the world's worst. Really? Yeah. Really that bad? Yeah. Then mid season? Yeah, and, and you uh, jump ship? I I what do you might call it. After a month I said to Dad one night, I said, Dad I said to Mum and Dad, I said, No, you yeah, can't can't do that anymore. I've had enough of it, I've got to, I've got to go back to home farm, see if they'll take me, see if they'll have me. So I went back down to home farm and, and luckily enough they, they brought me back. And, and, and that was it. But then Rovers, Rovers came in for me then in, um, in the December in the December of 63. And uh, Bowles tried to make a case that I was still their player, but I was an amateur player. Yeah. So I couldn't be, I couldn't be their player. And I said, well look, they, they, they agreed that if I didn't like it after a month, that I could go back to home farm. That's, right. that's just what I've done. I didn't know that Rovers were coming in for me. Because I, to me, I was not playing well enough to go to Shamrock Rovers. Because I, I, I had gone back in playing inside forward. Mm. Having gone back to being a defender in, at 16, then they brought me they the senior league team at, at, uh, in, in home farm. They put me back in as, as an inside forward. But eventually, I, I started going back to uh, the half, uh, playing as a halfback or, or a fullback. And I remember, I'll never forget it, in September 63, I played inside forward. I, I was one of these hit and miss players that I could play inside forward on, on a given day and I would be brilliant. Mm. I could go missing them for 10 games and that's no use. And I, I knew that. Absolutely. Waste of, waste of time. But I was playing for home farm. We were playing 
um, Dundalk in a Leinster Senior League match up in the Billy Morton Stadium oh, yeah. up in Santry and we beat them 9 nothing, and I scored 6 right. and I made 3 I just had one of those days and I walked off the pitch Galway were playing <coughs> Dublin in the 1963 All-Ireland football final that day and Brenda my uncle was up in tune for the match and dad who very rarely went to matches but just came that day and he said to me uh, that you had your mind on that, that Galway team in Crow Park you didn't play well at all today I'd only scored 6 and made 3 <laughs> <laughs> talk about bringing you right down to earth very very quickly and Galway lost the final course to Dublin won nine to ten points. But no, in, in, in Home Farm I had I had fabulous I had fabulous people in Home Farm and uh, I, had, I had wonderful, wonderful days in Home Farm. I mean Joe and Jim Fitzpatrick that I, I I was mainly with Sean Levis, Paddy O'Connor, uh, Christy Martin, Joey Tynan. These were still a good club, still a great club as these well. These were these were men of a, of, of, of immense fortitude and and, uh, and Paddy O'Connor in particular. I played in, in the minor team of sixty one I was only 16, I played in, in, in that minor team. We won the FEI Minor Cup. I think it might have been for the first time that Home Farm had won that. And uh, we won it, I think it was Tower Rovers we beat down in Talker Park, beat them 2 1. I scored a goal from a free kick. <laughs> and uh, it was just fabulous. But Paddy O'Connor was, was immense, as, as all of the people were in, in, in Home Farm. It was, they not alone taught you how to play football, but they taught you how to behave yourself. In life, behave like a man, like. and look after, you and look. Oh yeah, and look after, you and take the tackles, and take everything that's gone, and give the tackles. And, and the two people who founded the club, of course, the late Don Siri and Brenda Menton, the very, very best of people. Yeah, what couldn't, about your? You couldn't ask for any, for, for any better. What about your debut for hours then? A seven-one win over Balls. Yeah, against Balls in Milton. Yeah, yeah, sixty-four. And uh, again, inside forward. I'll, I'll never forget this. I remember it started off at inside forward, and. Because Sean Thomas had signed me. So I started off in inside forward. And when I was playing inside forward, I wanted to be getting on the ball. Because that was the only way that I could that I could play. And make I thought, things happen. Yeah, and it was the right thing for me to go and do. I remember going back to Tommy Farrell, who was playing centre half uh, for, for us. And I said, I'm here, give it to me. But he wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> and you're trying to make a new position for yourself then, after all of that. And this was going on. And... I said to me, oh, right, okay, fair enough. I knew I wasn't an inside forward, but the only way that I could I could play any way reasonably well was if I was on the ball, because I, I, I thought that I was a good pass for the ball. And I, I thought to myself, right, this is the only way that I can play well. And then after I've done my bits and pieces on the ball, I can then go and get forward and then get back. Uh, but and it, it wasn't quite happening. But anyway, I'm, I'm with Rovers anyway, and... and uh, I'm getting fed up at you know getting fed up playing in so far because I'm not playing well. I'm it's only going to me it's only going in one direction. Sean Thomas lived up around Larkin Drive, Larkin Avenue up, be, up behind me in Bowman. I had a path beaten up to his house. Saying to him, Sean, I am not a, an inside forward. I'm a defender. That's where I've enjoyed my football at school by level at the end of, uh, and at minor level. I need to be playing as you. No, no, but you're an inside. You have to be paid. I said I'm being patient. So I. Chat, 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 chat. Okay. So start off the following season, and and we've won, what we've won the seven trophies that were an offer. One on sixty three, sixty four yeah. years, uh, sixty four, and, and we won. I think it was practically everything we won. I think was it was the whole everything bar the top four, yeah. Right, and and uh, it was a great season at the club from from that viewpoint. But I wasn't happy because I wasn't playing. I wasn't playing well, and I knew there was more in me. So. Uh, Sean Thomas left 
that summer and went to Bowes and Liam Toole became manager and the first game of the season was a, a, a pre-season friendly against Man United at, at, uh, in Dalymount and they beat us 4-2 and again I had my smashing game but I, I, I wouldn't be able to sustain that, that level of performance which I knew myself uh, hit the cross very well a shot and had played really well um, and George Best was playing but I, I was playing inside forward and George Best was playing I remember John Kogan after the game and George had run John, John ragged <laughs> and John comes down and sitting down beside me and he says I didn't think much of George Best <laughs> well I'm not surprised John you, you never saw him <laughs> and there's something now that Paddy mentioned I don't know but it was was Tommy Farrell was that Colin Farrell's the actor's father no no no, uh, no. Uncle, there was Eamon Eamon his uncle Eamon was the father Eamon played with me in, 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 in Rovers as well and I joined Rovers as well really yeah, yeah. but Eamon Eamon took a mortgage out on about five yards and re- never never moved from that five yards <laughs> but, I'm serious yeah. never moved from that five yards because before I joined Rovers I saw him play in Topper yeah. Park one day and that's all he did we just covered a five yard radius and that, did he play no. for drums before he came to Rovers? I don't, I don't, I don't know where Eamon played. But he, he, I think he, he, he was, he was home from. No, Eamon was away at Man United. Oh, sorry. Yeah. If memory serves me correctly, Eamon Farrell was away at Man United he before came he came back, back and he came back to Rovers. But Mick, you're, uh, you're, you're still too young at this stage, and you're playing for Junior side or or Mayo. How do you put it? Armu, 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 and you're a Pat supporter, but Rovers Ormeo. with a glamour team. Armu, do you hear that? Uh, uh, I don't <laughs> <go>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a journalist. The last thing I am, I'm supposed to be stupid footballers. That's why I left the night to Gary. I knew I'd get it wrong. Yeah, I played for Armu. They were the Elensa League team. I signed for them when I was. They're gone now, are they? Yeah, I signed for them when I was. like Mick. I signed for them when I was 15. I played schoolboy football for a year. Prior to that, I played Gaelic. Yeah. And I was from James Street or Isley. And the uh, club I was involved in in James Street, a British boys club, uh, they formed the team. And just coincidence, Teddy Woods out of the poles, he was the left full on the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was also my first cousin. But and anyway, what happened was that I, I played a year with them, and one of the lads off, I'd moved up to Drimna at that stage, and one of the lads where they lived in Drimna was a goalkeeper, Nicholas Craig, who played for Shelbourne later on, but he was with Army, and he said to me, would you come down and play? So, look, they were training in the Phoenix Park, and I went up, and they asked me to sign, so I signed for them. I played with them for two years, and then I, I signed for Rovers. And what did the Glamour team at the time, Rovers? Oh, Rovers were always the Glamour team, but the guy was a Pat fan, and... Yeah. I mean, they grew up beside uh, Richmond Park, and funny enough, Tony McGuire, who later became chairman of Rovers, he lived two doors from me. No way. Yeah, but like where we were, like most of the kids were Pat supporters, but Tony, his father had played for Rovers as well, but he was obviously a Rovers supporter. There's a big connection there, anyway. There was friction. But look, even though I followed Pat's, like Rovers were always the glamour team. Yeah. I mean, it was like an A B year. We would have followed Rovers. I hated Rovers. <laughs> yeah, it's still <laughs> the same nowadays. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah, twenty and thirty thousand people into, into 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 a game it was absolutely brilliant. You know, they talk now these days about getting two and three thousand or four thousand in. We were getting we were getting twenty between it's twenty and thirty thousand. And was yeah, the atmosphere was electric? Yeah, electric. Yeah. It was magnificent, and no trouble. 
and, and like no if trouble. you took say the independent or the press they were the two national papers yeah. at the time on a Monday you see the coverage I guarantee you there was two full pages. It was the big story. Yeah. Two full pages, and and was that much of English league football? English league football. Yeah. All they had of English league was the results. Nothing's Manchester United, Everton, Neil. Oh, that's all they had. That's the favourite result. I noticed that. Yeah. And it's all changed. All changed. And like when I walked in Guinness at the time, like say at ten o'clock in the morning, it was tea time, and like four. Did that include a point of porter? No, not that early morning. But. At that time, all the groups came together. There was a, a major tea section where they all got the tea at 10 o'clock. But on the Monday morning, the, the crack was great because like half the morale was apart, half the night yeah. the rovers. The rovers got beaten, like, yeah. the band was slammed them. Yeah. The rovers won, but then the rest, you know, it yeah, was yeah. unreal. Like, so it, you'd have genuine, like, nowadays, like, if, if we went to the work, me and, me and Carol... Probably, nobody would know. Nobody knows. But yeah. I'm telling you, like if you and the lads who got the independent, the, the fourth you out in the paper, you'd read that like Rovers today played Limerick and Rovers won two one. I got beaten. at Pats and we, like the paper, the publicity was unreal. Yeah. And everybody took an interest in it. Like I just relate to my own father, who my own father was an Everton supporter. But he'd go over to see Everton four or five times a year. Yeah. But he had to be home to follow Pats on the Sunday. And yeah. that's the way most people yeah, were. Yeah, like, yeah. The priority supporter yeah. or a Pats supporter of Shelbourne. And they might say that we like Manchester United or we like Everton. But that was only a one-off thing. They go yeah. over three or four times a year maybe and see them. But and the week, the, week of, the week of cup finals, on a Wednesday, Thursday and Friday in the Evening Herald Evening Press, there was full, full pages of previews and... Uh, um, uh, journalists coming out to the ground to see his training on a Tuesday night or, or whatever and all, all interviews with players see his training interviews it yes. doesn't happen yeah doesn't no I happen. mean rugby didn't with all due respect rugby didn't matter at that time I mean the Leinster and Munster rugby match you get 500 people yeah, yeah. Dublin were in the, Dublin were Dublin the GAA were in the doldrums yeah. like so yeah. the major attraction in the city in the 1560s was soccer yeah it was Hopefully we'll get there eventually. But you had a, you had a you had a, a, a serious Dublin team in 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 the in, in the fifties and fifty fifty five when they lost to Kerry and then fifty eight when they when they beat Derry yeah. in the final, and then sixty three. But, but it never took time, over. It took from like, till seventy four yeah, for it to happen. That's right. It was seventy four when the really when, when, changed. With Heffel's uh, uh, and, and, and at the time then it was a combination of both things because what happened then was we started putting the live match on. ITV remember yeah, on the, a Sunday the, like the, the big match the big yeah, and yeah. that's like that was that was one of the downfalls of, of, of League of Ireland soccer yeah plus probably a, a, another few things as well that people hadn't uh, at the clubs hadn't uh, um, well the grounds hadn't developed the rise of English yeah. football in yeah. 66 yeah. World Cup yeah, the, possibly grounds, as well. the grounds hadn't developed and people hadn't been putting money back into the game getting pocketed wasn't and it? it and it was they were probably taking it out too much and, and uh, like you found the facilities were the same as they were 30 years ago yeah, yeah, yeah they actually yeah. are yeah. and people's yeah. attitude changed as well because life expectancy now was people were demanding more like they wouldn't have to go stand in an old cow shed like no, or no, go, no. you know <laughs> they weren't coming through the roof yeah yeah <laughs> and, and they'd be went for the pissy there was no talent everybody was <laughs> the wall pissing behind the wall yeah. <laughs> like, that, that was the way it was we, we were training in Milltown yeah. one, one Tuesday and I'd never forget it uh, back in the 60s and, and, and uh, 
we were doing some some uh, uh, um, physical exercises in the gym underneath the stand. Hmm. And there was water coming in, from <laughs> and and, and uh, two of you went to Joe Cunningham, and and uh, who's the the owner of uh, of Rovers, and and said, to him, you know, boss, what about that water coming in?" I said, "Yeah, jeez, that that water will get in anywhere, wouldn't it?" What about the baton? The baton, the baton, Milltown, right? The bat was this size, right? Yeah. And what it was, it was a concrete bat. Yeah. But you know the way concrete is is faced. You know the way they put the cement over to keep it. Right. Yeah. What happened was the cement that all fell off. You'd be getting in the bat the thirty yards off. Rough edges, and how many was we in the bat? Twelve or fourteen was in the bat. Like talk about hygiene. That this was yeah. that was the bat of Milltown. We have the crack, I'd say. No, but and, and nobody, was, and nobody. And nobody died. I'm that, holding, I'm holding. That was bad enough until you went down to Cork. And oh. I'm going to tell you now, my first game for always, <laughs> I went down to Cork to play, you see, and I was 12 man, and I didn't realise the substitutes had just started. So about 10 minutes to go on the match, pissing rain, pitched like a ploughed field, right? Frank O'Neill comes off, you see, so I'm told to go on. So I came on. Ten minutes, I think I got four tackles. I was muck up to me. Right? <laughs> right. So came in after the match. Where'd you go for the shower? You went outside. There was one single bat. Right. Remember the yeah, bat yeah, outside? Yeah. And the enamel was off. Then yeah. it was <laughs> one bat like for the side. The enamel held for the whole team. Yeah. And now there was 22 fellas that they'd been in before I came. Well, <laughs> smoking, stuck on. Those were both teams. For both teams. For both teams. One bad. And uh, a uh, if you didn't get one, you weren't sure there in no, Sligo uh, as well. And that loan. The Jacks was, the Jacks was beside <laughs> You went in there with the ball there and the, the shower was here. Like yeah. a fella could go in and go, did you were still yeah. Yeah. So you're having the shower, he's yeah. a shoey. Yeah. 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 But in the top, we, um, we won the, the top four in 1963-64 and incredible, incredible trophy hall. All but the top four. Yeah, all but the top four. But, uh, Sean Thomas sensationally left the club because of interference with his team selections. Tell us about that. Can I just make a point about this? Actually, this is fascinating about the way he used to interfere with team selections, right? So, the team back then was selected over a meal at the Cunningham's house in uh, Donnybrook. Aylesbury Road, wasn't that? Aylesbury Road, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So Aylesbury Road. Road. Yeah. And Aylesbury Road. Okay. So in 1967, right, the presidents of the two clubs, and Rovers and Pats met in the final, the presidents of the two clubs let out the managers, let out the teams, not the managers, which really showed the lowly status of managers mm-hmm. at the time. The teams were let out by presidents. So the but presidents we, were uh, held in higher uh, regard then. Yeah, we beat, we beat Pats that day 3-2. Three, three, two, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, Liam Dewey was the manager then, so there was no way, like, Liam be undermined in terms really? of... Really? No. Oh, yeah. no, Liam was... No just, Liam but Sean was, Thomas was undermined big time. Well, well that well, was we, in 64. That was I, don't, I don't know, Paddy mm-hmm. would be able to fit oh, in. Yeah, he joined him in, in 63, uh, uh, in December 63. But I don't I don't recall that happening. Now, we'd be, we'd be so interested in the game that you wouldn't be, you know, even though I wasn't involved in that 64 Cup final, um, I, I was there. Frank O'Neill was dropped, wasn't he? Frank was, uh, Frank, was dropped in? For, Frank, Frank was dropped for the replay. Right. Sean Thomas came to me. This is how, how, how weird he could be. Right. He came to me on, I think it was the Monday. The game was on? The game day? was on the Wednesday. Right. You're going to try on the shoes anyway. Came down to the house to me and he said, um, you'll be playing outside right on Wednesday. 
because Naylor had a, had a had a nightmare of the Sunday. Right. But still, you'd be picking Frank O'Neill. You would not be picking me or anybody else, but you'd be picking... And I said to Sean, I said, Sean, I am not a right winger. I am not an inside forward, but you don't listen to that. Mm. But I'm not a right winger. And I'm not going to play right wing. Simple as. And he said, what do you mean? I'm not going to play. I'm not a right winger. I'm not going to do the team any justice, good, bad or indifferent. So you can count me out of that. Oh, I didn't think you'd react like that. This is it a cup final? I said, I know it's a cup final. You have to have your best team out. And I would not be part. I, I would not be one of your best players to play in that position. You want to play me at right half? Would you play me at right half then and put Ronnie Nolan out outside right? No. I don't. Exactly. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you put me outside right? I said, I saw it. I know I'm not in Ronnie Nolan's class at this moment in time. But I said, I'm a defender first and foremost so you can forget about me uh, outside right so they played Tony, Tony Bourne outside Bourne. right and that's 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 how that happened because Sean came down to my house on, 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 the, on the Monday night but I wouldn't and I, either I, either uh, what I do because of, of, of Frank O'Neill Frank O'Neill was a smashing player and he didn't deserve that yes he had a bad day we all had, we all had bad days you didn't think he should have been dropped no 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 they won the cup so the, the end justifies the means yeah but but Naylor Naylor was an integral part of the team you played in 65 and 66 finals. yeah yeah, yeah. both against Limerick in 66 we recorded replay in every round and you said that the 4-2 semi-final win over Waterford oh, Water stands out yeah well I'm that. gonna fill in on that why not oh, no, but <laughs> you've been very quiet I'll tell you about that situation <laughs> are you sure yeah okay. do you remember back that far? I remember <laughs> I think so because you know where you are now. Is you know where you are now. <laughs> Look, okay. Rovers, Waterford. What was the score on the Saturday? One all, was it? Two each. Two each. Rovers and Waterford was a huge attraction. Yeah. For the neutral supporter. Was that the Bobby? Was Bobby Charlton? No, no, Bobby, no, no, Bobby no, Charlton wasn't no, playing no, then. No, seventies, no. I think. Seventies. Yeah, no, no, they're 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 the Jimmy McGills of this world. Right. Yeah. Peter Bryan. And I'm just filling in. John O'Neill. I was. A neutral supporter, but Rovers and Waterford in the semi final cup was a huge attraction yeah. for the neutral support in the city. Like, I went to that game on Wednesday evening in Daily Mount, there had to be 20,000 at the match. It was a brilliant game, and even though I hated Rovers, Rovers won, but <laughs> Rovers won, and like a 4 2. And I have to say, Jimmy McGill and Alfie Hayden, yeah. it was a brilliant game, and the atmosphere that night I remember was electric. And I think you were good that night, Mulligan. For some I wasn't too bad, yeah, for some reason, yeah. I was playing left back, I played left back at that time. And do you know how I ended up? Do you know how I ended up playing as a, a, as a defender? Go on. Training in Milton on a Thursday night, Pat Courtney was sick. Either got injured or, or, or he had a flu. Right. And we played a game amongst ourselves in Milton on a Thursday night. And he put me in at left back to Mark Naylor. So I'd go and be kicking Naylor all over the place, even <laughs> though he's my teammate and we we're going to play on the Sunday. But I had a fair idea of what, what was going on in, 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 uh, in two years' head. Right. I said, Why is he putting me at left back? Courtney isn't here tonight. What's happened? So maybe there, it's cover for Sunday. Maybe. So anyway, played him. After the, after the training comes on, he said, you'll be left back on on, uh, on Sunday. In what, we're playing in Waterford. Right. As it happened. Oh, I said, fine. 
no problems. So two years ahead, he said, I'm not in full agreement with it, but we'll see. I said, don't worry, it's no problem. And went home, played on the Sunday. Played as if I'd played left back all of my life. <laughs> no Stormer. No, no problems. Because I was comfortable. I, I knew what I had to do. I was, I, I, I was happy in that position. Even though it was left back, I would have preferred maybe right back or cent, double centre half. No trouble. And who would have been playing with John O'Neill? John O'Neill. John O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. John O'Neill was outside yeah, in, in that yeah. cup yeah. thing. So um, Sean Carr came in at right half then because I was playing right half. He came in, in, he, spot, in the, yeah. the cup final. And, uh, and I just, from there on in, so I just goes to show you how lucky you can be. Mm-hmm. But years later, I heard that the late great Paddy Cold had come to Dublin that week and spoke to the Cunninghams and said that you're playing Mulligan in the wrong position. Quote, unquote. He is a defender. First and foremost, get him in there. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, the interference guy. Yeah. This is crazy. Know, but, no, but did, did this Paddy is Paddy Cole, Cole coming up with advice. Yeah, but Paddy Cole... Different as the interference. Paddy Cole was one of the daughters. One of the Cunningham's, one of the Cunningham's right. daughters. Yeah. So you would have had a huge so, interest in... Yeah, it wasn't in that respect. No, he was advising them because when he saw me play, he saw something. Mm-hmm. He saw something there. That's that's what I can envisage. That he must have seen something because otherwise Paddy Cole wouldn't have spoken on your behalf because he would have had too much to ri- at risk because he, he was a renowned figure in the game and, and excellent at, at, in his judgment of players. And the, and the Cunninghams then said to, uh, suggested a two-year okay then. But it would have been two years' decision at the end of the day. Well, I, I'd assume now from what you're talking about that Paddy would back me up that Liam would have had, or most managers would have had uh, Respect of the owners, or say yeah. the oh, Cunninghams yeah. or the Proles or whatever. Yeah, and then, yeah Sean Thomas has happened tomorrow. Well, two he apparently, yeah. Well, in Sean Thomas' situation, like they may have said, look, we want you to play Paddy Mulligan at Royfall and Sean Thomas. No, we'll see him. And it could have been like a disagreement between individuals, but yeah. like it'd be unusual <laughs> for a fella to walk out. Now, unless the directors were coming in and saying, well, look, why want Mulligan playing there for I want these playing outside right? And eventually the man said, I hear them, I had enough of this. But in most cases, I thought there'd be an agreeable side. Liam Chewy, Liam yeah. Chewy, for, for, for instance, he would, not, he would not have tolerated that. Hmm. He, he would have listened. Listen, course, he would have yeah. listened to what they've got to say. But then he would have said, no, this is the way we should be going. Yeah. Because they would have been listening to, to, to the different supporters. supporters. Yeah. And, mm. and people and we all have our opinions and, and they, were, they would have got into their head that uh, maybe that maybe Liam is missing out on something here Liam Toohey but a friendly word more you than want to be very it? sharp to, to, to get one no, over Liam yeah. Toohey I can assure you of that as the scare mentioned there we needed a replay in every single round in 1966 and Damien Richardson who but was, it was great was but the Cunninghams loved that because we're earning more money but the gates sorry uh, Damien Richardson was very young back then, but he was interviewed recently. And we he were said, all very young back then. Yeah. Damien Richardson. He said you that. You were very young back then, Mick. I was younger than you. Yeah. Yeah. He said that. Everybody's younger For than example, you. in the 1969 case where we went to replay against Cork, yeah. it would have been in the other team's mind that Rovers never lost a replay. So once Rovers went to goal up, that was it. 
in the case, for example, 1969. Yeah, we should have we should have finished it the first day, Mick, if you recall. Well, when, I, when no, I don't recall. I, play, I, I was out in the pits that day for uh, about an hour. I was making a comeback. I'd been out injured for six yeah. weeks and how things were. On the Friday before the cup final, what happened was Liam said to me, look, how are you feeling? And I said, it's getting... I was at the down in the ligament there and he said to me, I want you to see... A doctor, so I went down to see a doctor, Doctor Campbell. Doctor, Doctor Campbell, there. Yeah. Now I don't know what he he gave me an injection in the knee, right, and he said to me, probably cortisol. I'd right? say it was. We didn't know what it was at the time. He said, "You just took it." I want you to, and I finished work that evening, and I went up to the magazine hill in the Phoenix Park, and I ran up and down the magazine hill for half an hour just to see what the knee was like, and on the Saturday. I went up to Milltown and they asked me, I said, look, I said, uh, it's running up and down the hill, I'm okay. He says, I'm going to put you in tomorrow. Right. Now, I have to say, most cup finals, the pitch was deplorable. It was the end of the season, right? Yeah. The grass had grown, it was all, and unfortunately what happened was, the sun had chanted two or three days before that. The pitch was lumpy, bumpy, it was yeah. horrible to play on. Yeah. And, I couldn't get a kick of the ball. I, I, a half an hour to go, I was taken off, and Huey Brophy came on. At the time, it was one nil. John Keogh, who had been captain for hours for yeah. four or five years before yeah. that, had transferred to Cork. Yeah, yeah. And they scored. They went one nil up. I mean, about five, ten minutes ago, even less. John got an OG. No, no. Was it? No. But it was. Yeah, it was no. John Keogh. So yeah. No on goal. He no. got it. No. <laughs> Did you get a go on, Paddy? Frank O'Neill took a corner from the left, and I waved to Tui that I, I just said, I'm going. I'm heading. And up I went and just met the ball with the head, going in the top of the net, and hit off, it hit off John's head. There was an OG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you claim anything, Willie. You better believe for the goal. <laughs> but anyway. You better just, believe it. Sorry, John Kyo. Just to finish the story. Yeah, of course. And the. Wednesday night, piss rain. Right. And then said, how do you feel? Well, I said, look, because of the rainy conditions, it was much easier to turn on, on the ground than that. And he says to me, I'm putting you in, and we won't fall one. Yeah, you only scored two. And Mr. Thanks Bill, very much. And Mr. Bell yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paddy, for those two passes. It's all right. Mate. We're going to go back even further, Mick, though. You were signed as a teenager by Liam Toohey, yeah. September 1966. So what do you remember from the conversation? And... Uh, do you remember a debut in the following January? <clears throat> I remember the debut. I was signed by Rovers, and I was at the watch from Rovers a week before that playing Bayern Munich right. in Daly Mount Park. It was one on draw, Billy Dixon scored a goal. Mm-hmm. And I'd been in the World Cup in England in '66. I went over as a supporter, mm. and I'd seen Germany play, and I'm looking at Franz Beckenbauer, Seth Murray, the goalkeeper, like the, the great goal scorer up front, Gert Müller, Gert Müller. Mm-hmm. and I'm looking at this, and here, we we played that balls, or said he played Rovers and Daily Mount on a Wednesday night, and it was a one-all draw, and the following week I signed for Rovers, and there the lads were going over to Germany to play, uh, Bayern in the second leg, big thing, mm-hmm. well. It was two hours with three minutes to go, and Seth yeah. Moore got got the winner. Seth Miller. Yeah, Miller got Miller. got the winner. Yeah. Yeah. 
Gerd Miller got the winner. Mm. Bet them three two. They went down to win the cup, now. They went down yeah. to win it. Mm. Like and they, I think we were two 0 down that yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Back to two each. Yeah, yeah. two years. Must have been surreal, was it? Two year and Bobby. Uh, two year and Bobby Gilbert scored. Yeah, and then the first. It was actually I remember my debut. It was the fourth of January, nineteen sixty-seven. We played Dundalk and Milltown. New Year's Day. Yeah, Dundalk were top of the league. Yeah, like they had Jimmy Hasty, and that was the sort of the Fox was the uh, manager and played. So I, think that, I think they had your man Kevin Murray at right half. Kevin Murray, yeah. was in goal. And yeah. that, that was Murray and Millington were the halfbacks. Yeah. I think Tony O'Connor was there yeah. as well. But I remember briefly coming on and playing for about an hour. I, Liam had been playing in the position I was playing, Liam Tilly, and he dropped himself and put me on. And say with a half an hour to go, he took me off. And like the game passed without me getting the kick of the ball. So. Yeah. Then what happened was, I got one or two games playing in the Leinster Cup or whatever, and I started knocking in a few goals on the second team. And when it came to semi-final and then against Dundalk, like the day we played Dundalk was similar to what say Rovers are playing Dundalk in the Cup final. Dundalk were winning the league, Rovers were, we were mid-table in the league, and it was daily milk on a Saturday. On a Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty-five thousand at it, yes. and uh, I that was the first game I played for. I was first team, and we scored the equaliser <coughs> in the game. It went one all, yeah. and the replay was on the Wednesday night in Talca Park, and I'd never seen Talca Park. I said Packed. it was twenty-five thousand at Talca. It, there couldn't be yeah. any more than it on yeah. the roof and everything. Yeah, and we bet them three 0 and I yeah. scored two. So after that, like we started steadying the team then. <laughs> But that that first game against Dundalk, yeah, we were going to the states, the Rovers team to 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 play in, in for seven weeks. In, yeah, at the start of this. The Boston Shamrocks. Yeah, the American. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we we touched on this yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we had all gotten injections. Um, beforehand, and a few of the lads were really bad. Ronnie Re- Nolan, his arm was reaction, like, a, yeah. like a balloon. The reaction to it. No, I was okay, but quite a few of the lads were, were not right on that Saturday. But the following Wednesday, we were right. Yeah. And, then and hence, we, we go and beat, we beat Dundalk very, very easy 3-0. In the and yeah. then I went to the cup final then, and mm. we played Pats in the cup final that year. Yeah. It was the first televised cup final. Yeah. Is there a you mentioned this certain cup final? Is there Hens played well, did you mean? No, it's a low no, crowd, no. yeah, because... It was the cup final <laughs> that I played in. It was, a, the, it was yeah. Robert Ford cup final, so the lads were well used to it. And I just happened to be a, an intruder. <laughs> so, so make 12,000 people this game compared to 27,000 the year before so yeah. it was TV, oh, that was, that was that was live TV TV the live prime TV. factor there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it was live the first TV. game live on yeah. television yeah. and I mean I'd say not that the crowd made any difference to us going out playing but you knew that it wasn't the same yeah. intense crowd that there was like the semi-finals had been twice the crowd or three times yes. the crowd yeah, 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 yeah. and was there abuse back mm. then from the crowd like would you be getting of course you would yeah of course oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're up all night you're up all night you're up all night you're there your dog's vomit that was Joe Fitz's favourite line in, in, at home farm your dog's vomit your dog's vomit it's okay as well as a jump over the fence and try and have a try and have a oh yeah yeah. I mean, and remember, remember when we we wore the the the, the green shorts for the yeah. first time in the in, in the in about sixty seven, I think it was, 
Was it against Tommy Kinsler? Uh, no, no, it was a league, a league game. League game, yeah. In, in Milltown. And Tommy Kinsler, cough drops, was, was, was playing outside right. And some wag in the crowd. Uh, where'd you get those next from? Off your, off your mock last night. Tommy Kinsler had to come up. He was, had been oh. with Arsenal, played in the Arsenal first team. Yeah, and I yeah. was signed him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the problem was that. Tommy was a great right winger, but Frank O'Neill was a right winger. So was Frank O'Neill. And the problem was for the two of them to try and they tried to react by switching yeah. one of them to the left. Uh, like week in, week out, it was never worked. Gone, no. and neither of them wanted to play in the no, left. No, never worked. No, Frank never wanted to play in the no. left. And Tommy Frank was just an outside yeah, right. Yeah. That was it. Hugged the touchdown. And, and, and yeah. Bit, yeah. And Kensler, oh, yeah. and Kensler no was coming well. in back yeah. then. And, and uh, Naylor would just have a burst of pace and just flick it past the full back and whip it in. Mm. And brilliant. So Boston Rovers, girl. Yeah, we interviewed you about the Boston Rovers, Mick, in 1967 on the podcast before and get some memories. So, start with Paddy. What was your show. reaction when you told you were playing football in the States for seven weeks? Couldn't wait to get there. Yeah. Couldn't wait because it was going to be such a great experience. And with the, with the group of people that we had as well, the players we were, the, the camaraderie amongst the team was absolutely brilliant. It never, never wavered. And I, I, I especially loved it. But I, I, I lost my job because I went there with the Irish National Insurance Company because they wouldn't give me time off. I we were just about to speak about you as well. actually was yeah, given time, time off. I yeah. was yeah. lucky that they gave me the time off yeah. to go away. They understood yeah. they what was going on. But You see, what happened with me was that the previous year I was in the Irish squad for the first time uh, for a trip to Belgium and Austria. And Noel Cantwell and Charlie Hurley were, were the joint managers. And they wouldn't give me... I wanted to take a week holidays. And for some peculiar reason, they wouldn't let me take it a week's holidays. Even so though they knew what was going on. Oh, yeah. So it was harsh. Yeah. And I went to Paul Clark, my union representative, and he said, no, Paddy, you're quite entitled to get your week's holidays. Go. Go. We'll sort it out when you come back. So anyway, I was brought before the board of directors, Kieran Mockin-Ray and uh, Aubrey O'Callaghan, uh, Frank Thornton from New Ireland, because New Ireland and Irish National were, were, were sister companies at that time. And, and um, it... it, it, it it, it came that they said, look, you won't do this again. And I said to them, no, more to the point, you won't do it again. He said, if I'm picked to represent my country, I think it's an honour. So but no matter what code it's in, and they, they would have been very nationalistic, especially mm. Frank Thornton, very nationalistic. But I mean, I played in the Gaelic competitions for Irish National during the in the Septembers and played for the... the you felt a bit hard done by it Yeah. So anyway, uh, they said, no, no, we won't. You're fine now this time. So I think they were holding that against me the following year. Yeah. And they said, right, I wanted to take uh, my three weeks holidays and, and then get a month, yeah. get a month leave of absence. No trouble. Jeez, the place unpaid wasn't, or whatever. The place yeah. wasn't unpaid, of course. The place wasn't going to collapse because I wasn't there. Mm. But they wouldn't let me. And on, I, on the, we were flying out the thing on the Monday. And yeah. on the Friday, I was still in the Irish National Insurance Company with, with Bobby O'Brien, my, my chief accountant. I was working in the accounts department. And he was, I'd gone back into Kieran Mockenry to see he could the decision be changed and I waited at half five should have finished at five but it didn't matter half five and I knew by him when he came back in can't do it but you won't go with you gone. I remember him saying that to me. I said Mr. O'Brien I'm gone <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go bags are packed to have it with me yeah I've got to go 
Yeah, so. we were at the playing Pats in the final on Sunday. On Sunday and yeah. If it had been a replay, we were in trouble. <laughs> well, we were, we were, we were bad. <laughs> we were yeah. I don't know what yeah. would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were still a teenager, Mick, and yeah. Paddy were only 22. So what was it like being oh, in America, like just being transported from old Dublin into these big cities? It, it was unreal. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was saying. Did you just have an old drop back I then? I couldn't believe it. No, no, I never drank. No? Never drank my life. I'm the same. No, yeah. but, never oh. drank. Oh, yeah. neither. The euphoria have been over there, like yeah. you didn't need the like, excitement. Oh, yeah. Scraper's oh, all. Yeah, well, we, we stayed in Boston and we played called um, the, the, the what do you call it? Uh, um, the Charterhouse in, in, yeah. in uh, Chelsea, Massachusetts. That's yeah. where we stayed. And we were the Boston Shamrocks. And <laughs> Lane, 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 Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where we stayed. And we were the Boston Shamrocks. And <laughs> that's the stadium still there, and all, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Lane. It, it was uh, a school ground. Yeah. Mm. That was the first that was game in Detroit, though, wasn't it? No, the first game was against Glentoward and one all one in, H, yeah. in Boston. What mm. are the crowds like? About seven or eight thousand, which yeah, was right, big, yeah. for, big for big football. for Americans. The ground soccer. didn't hold that much more. But they were very enthusiastic, weren't they? They were yeah. begging for autographs. Yeah. And I was very enthusiastic and everything. Yeah. Look Who's autograph are you begging for more? Me. <laughs> 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 no, no, Fetch, we've done modern shows and everything. Oh. Remember, that was our inspiration, actually. Imagine I'll never forget walking down that ramp. You want to see the women? That catwalk. How did you tend to walk down the catwalk? The lingerie as well. He was, he was in the lingerie. What happened was that. They wanted you to advertise, like the publicity was what they wanted. So yeah. obviously, so anything they want to go around supermarkets. We used to have to go outside supermarkets and flick, flick the ball flick up the in ball. the air, like yeah. doing a bit of juggling yeah. and the uppies. Yeah. yeah, and <clears throat> there was all sorts of gimmicks. Look, everything yeah. in America was gimmicks. Look, we just accepted it was part of it. It was a great yeah. experience, and we went along with it. And initially, the crowds were good. Um, and some of the teams that were there were, were yeah like, from, from all over Europe all and also South Europe. America. Bangu mm. from Brazil, yeah. Like Cagliari who won the Italian league, million yeah. Sunderland, Sunderland were over there as well. Oh, big team. The, mm. Oh, mm. Sunderland in the Premier League. Yeah. Jim Baxter was playing. Jim Baxter playing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was that in Vancouver that, that yeah. Sunderland were. Yeah. And then we we were in but Vancouver. But Wolverhampton had Derek Dugan and yeah, Wagstaff Dug, and yeah, Wagstaff, Stoke had. Yeah. Morris Setters, yeah, Terry Conway, Roy Van, and all yeah, them yeah. fellas. Like all the teams yeah. were good players. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. all the teams that were there were all like Sunderland were in the the put the Premiership at the time. Stoke were in the Premiership. Wolverhampton were one of the better teams in yeah, the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. Then you had Aberdeen from Scotland. You had Hibernians right, yeah. from Scotland. From Scotland yeah, yeah. You had Bangil from who were one of the Brazilian like one of the regional champions. You Cagliari who were. The Italian, Italian team, yeah. they actually yeah. won the Italian league. So, what other teams were there? Was teams from Uruguay, Cervezo, yeah, a few, yeah. Like, I don't recall the teams. So, the all the teams were top teams, teams yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But then in, in Vancouver, we had been out training and came, and we came back into coaching. Billy Dixon and myself were walking along and I said to Billy, I said, there's, uh, there's your man, Stevie Wonder. And Billy said, No, there it is. So, look at the way he's walking, look, look at the head. <laughs> coming over a big limo, big stretch limo. He was, getting, never, he was coming into a hotel. He was coming into a hotel. He was staying there, hotel. Staying in the same hotel. He I got in the lift for us. Yeah. And he had his sing song. Uh, yeah. I just called to say I love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said to you, anyway. 
Uh, you see, you guys, where are you from? Yeah. That's an accent. He was yeah. only really? Yeah, yeah, he was only yeah. 14. Nice guy, yeah? No, but he was only 14 or 15 at the time. Oh. He was called Little Stevie one day. Oh, right. He was six foot four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had one of his hits by then, didn't he? Like he was, yeah, yeah, he had, had a few hits. hits. Oh, yeah. 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 Another celebrity, uh, Maureen O'Hara. So she met me at the airport in LA because that was her neck of the woods in Hollywood. Yeah. But mothers always wanted to be in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Dreaming again. <laughs> Fantasy believe. But her father was a, was a, was a director of Rovers back, yeah. back in the yeah. 30s, I think, 40s. Right, yeah. You no, know, Fitzsimons uh, was, her, was her maiden name. But she was a lovely, lovely woman. Lovely woman. But uh, from the games themselves, Rovers fared pretty well, and all things considered, and played for the huge crowds. Which one stuck out in memory? Start with you, Mick. Well, I thought the game we played against Aberdeen, we played in Washington against Aberdeen in the Washington, where the Washington Redskins play, and there we bet them three one, and the, and then Aberdeen had it. They were actually, I think they they had a decent team. Yeah, they were actually yeah. well, one of the what do I say? Either they got to the final or they were. They won the competition there where they got beaten in the final. But we bet them 3-1 mm. out there. I thought that was... You're going to grab a book in the show. Yeah. I'll tell you, boy, as the games progressed, and Paddy might agree with me, as the games progressed, like, we went over as a part-time team. But with the six or seven weeks of full-time training, training right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting fitter and fitter. Mm. And by the time... We got to the end of it. Like I'd say, we were we were a match for any team. Yeah, yeah. Like initially, we met, say, Cagliari. They beat us two or three one. Two or, or three one. Yeah. But what happened was like, we were only adjusting to the pace of uh, full time. Yeah, yeah. Game. And it definitely would have the reaction. It definitely yeah. would have an. Uh, <clears throat> it was a huge, it was a huge experience then yeah. to play against all of those different type of teams as well, and pitch our wits against the the different type of players from so many different countries. Yeah, in 68, Rovers sent Paddy on loan to the Boston Beacons, the North American Soccer League, who were a relaunch of the Boston Rovers, and you missed the 68 final. How did that come about? They were interested in me signing uh, um, the previous summer, the intimating interest, but when I was in America, I, I, I got a... a, a I, wasn't even, I didn't even get injured in, in playing or training, just wear and tear on my left knee. Yeah. And when I came back, I was training and trying to play and missing a game and not. Then I had to go and have an operation. So my kneecap scraped in 67, the October 67. And I came back playing um, at the end of February 68. And in the meantime, Sean Thomas was to go to... To take over the to, Boston. To yeah. take over the Boston uh, Beacons, I think it was. And he didn't go. But a deal had been arranged with Rovers and themselves... That I would, that I would be going out there. Right. So, you're sort of, you're sort of left a little bit in limbo. But I, I ended up going out there, and was got, it myself, experience? got myself fit. Yeah, got myself fit, and played a reserve team for game for Rovers on a Saturday against Shelburne Down Rings End Parkway, and then played for Rovers against Shells in the FEI Cup in Milltown. Uh, the following. The following Sunday, right. we beat Charles one 0 and that was on the that was on uh, the third the third of March nineteen sixty eight because I flew to Boston on the sixth of March and Liam Toohey announced in the dressing room he said to me during that week don't sentence your lads that you're, you're, you're this is your last yeah. game for overs 
that you're going to, to the States, let me announce it. I said, okay, fair enough. So I left the game to announce that on, yeah. the, on the Sunday after the game. and I went with, 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 with very mixed feelings. I, I, loved, I loved my time at Rovers, loved yeah. it. Absolutely, it was brilliant. But it was a great experience to go and play full-time to see if you if you could adapt to it. Yeah. Unfortunately, the knee held up and everything was fine. And I went out there for the for the six months and came back in September. The league folded because they were again they typical Americans. They were paying all the wrong players the top money. Yeah. So the fellow called uh, Zinekovic, um from Romania, who said to me, "Oh." I stay at the back here. You do all the running around. <laughs> well, you can imagine what the reply to that was. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me, Paddy, did David Pugh go out there with you? Puggy went out. David Pugh and, and Tommy Kelly from Bohemians. Tommy, Dave, Tommy. They went out with the boss and beat yes, for yeah, you. Yeah, three of us. Remember a fellow called Johnny Brooks that went out with us? Johnny Brooks, yeah. Did he yeah. play for you as well? No, no, no. no he no. went to Sumo. He must have gone club. somebody else. Johnny Brooks who played for Sligo. And tell me, yeah. you know the way they paid all the money to what? You must have got most of it, did you? <laughs> 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 Any money yeah. to anybody else. That's why a man told you to do all the running. You were getting all the money. I was getting all the cash. <laughs> Jack, Mansell, Jack Mansell was the manager who had who had played for West Ham and played for England in that. Uh, which I never like to talk about the infamous 1954 game in Budapest when they got beaten seven. When they got yeah. beaten seven one. But he hungry. But he, yeah, yes. but he he was the manager. But the league fall in September, and I came back, and the doc wanted to, to me to sign for them, and. and uh, uh, Tommy Rowe came in and, and, and approached me and then before he he was down at Cork and he wanted uh, me to sign for them but I wanted to I wanted to see if I could go back to Rovers or not and eventually in, in the December um, I got back and and, uh, and re-signed for Rovers and Mick did you get any offers from the States? Offers? No <laughs> <laughs> No uh, yes, Look I'm going to tell you a story and it doesn't before we went away we played West Ham. Bobby Moore was Jeff Horse, five each, five all. And I got a hat trick. Yeah. And John Keogh, and who, Pat who, who testimonial. testimonial. Yeah. And John Keogh came to me after the match and he said, "Look, West Ham be interested in signing you." So I said, "Like, at the time, I was only seventeen, eighteen. I, did, I said, like, you'd have to deal with the Cunninghams." Yeah. But the Cunninghams said to him, "Look." We've committed to go to America, so we, we can't let him sign until he comes home. But in any way, what happened was, the reason I heard was later on was that they felt that they get more money in America for me than what West Ham had offered. Yeah. Now, Ron Greenwood was the manager, he became manager of England, and halfway through the trip, John approached me again and said, look, what about West Ham? And I said, look, John, you, I don't know, you'd have to ask the Cunninghams and he said to me, they're not prepared to let you go because again, thinking that they'd get more money yeah. in America, which unfortunately they lost that one because no, that was never that going to trip, be the case. The Americans like that trip halfway through, they more or less pulled out with the money and Oh yeah, yeah, sure it was a mess. Like what we were, even yeah. we were to get a few bob, not, like in those days you might be getting a £100 a week which was exceptional money. Yeah. But the Americans pulled out of the deal and they just more or less said you'll have to keep going till the end of the tour but the money is all dried up. Yeah. Like, yeah. So... There were plenty of wise and pound filled with yeah. the Americans. 
fella called Adams, wasn't he? John, was John Adams John was John Adams was and Jim and Jim and Marshall, the two of them. The two they, of them. Yeah, but John Adams they, was the main man. The, well, no, it's only a question I want to ask you. Did they form the Boston Beacons afterwards, or was that a totally different concern? No, John, uh, uh, John Adams was involved in that. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. briefly, briefly. And Jim and Marshall was, because Jim and Marshall met me at, the, at Logan Airport uh, when, 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 the, when the flight landed, the Air Lingus flight landed on that 6th of March. Uh, and, and Jack Mansell, yeah, the manager, was there. I knocked it off. <laughs> I knocked it off. We'll be talking about now the uh, 1968 Cup Final. So 44,000 people. And this game is still the second highest I ever. I can't imagine 44,000 people in Denny Mill Park. Still the second was, highest I'd ever. I'd say there was actually more. There was more. Yeah, there was more. I'd say half, well not say, five or 10,000 got in for nothing because there was no way. They were climbing over stiles, like They were coming in from everywhere. I'd say if you analyse, there was probably 50,000 at the match. Yeah. We were up against Waterford and uh, one of the best teams in Eagle in history. You, t- you mentioned them earlier, Paddy. Six league titles in eight years. Uh, in fact, in, in an interview recently with you, you reckon they're the greatest side oh, in Liga Oh, God, yeah. They were, they, were, they were a wonderful side. I mean, they, they, they couldn't win a cup and we could win cups and we couldn't win a league and, and they were winning leagues for fun. But they yeah. were when you go through the, the players, the quality of players that they had, the Jim and Miguel's, uh, of, of this world Alfie Hale John Al- O'Neill Alfie Hale John O'Neill Johnny Thomas, Matthews Peter Thomas Peter Thomas and Goal Peter Bryan at full back you know uh, Morrissey Pat Morrissey left full yeah a big Morrissey at left full and Vinnie Maguire yeah, and, in there and, as well and the centre half then was Marley Jackie Marley Jackie Marley you know yeah like they did a brilliant team and, and Jackie mean, Jackie being great in Cork as well the success over that period just indicates how good they were like yeah. They'd won four or five legs and Dundalk, I think, that 67 team, Dundalk. Dundalk won it, yeah. They sort of interrupted their spell of... Of dominance, yeah. yeah dominance, yeah, yeah. six mm-hmm. legs in a row. Mm-hmm. And then Cork became a factor. But that Waterford team were certainly... And, and they, were a, they were a very good footballing team. Great footballing team. Smashing and, footballing and team. like the crowds they used to get in Kilcom Park was... Yeah. What do you remember from the day and the final itself? What's the standout memory? Well, well Waterford have been favourites, weren't they, for that well, reason? Well, look, if the, in betting I won, I won, I won money from David Pugh that day because I said to I said to Puggy in Boston that Rovers will beat Waterford. I have no fear about that. So I won ten dollars from. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll tell you now. And he paid me as in well. In my opinion, Roy, the game itself, we went into the final. If in betting terms, if it was today's betting. Waterford would have been three to one on. We would have been four or five to one. Yeah. Right. The game itself, the first half, Waterford dominated the game. We were an extremely young team. Don't forget, like Paddy had gone. Johnny Fulham had gone. gone. The team we had was like uh, Jimmy Gregg was really Jimmy full. Gregg, yeah. um, Frank Brady. Frank Brady, Frank Brady, the young, the young Brady, the young Brady, yeah, Brady yeah. That, that was Liam Brady's brother was sent to have. Mick Lall and myself, Damien Richardson, we were all like under 20, with the exception of Pat Courtney and Naylor, yeah. were probably the two most experienced players on the team. Yes, yeah. So, it was more or less, a, I'd say, a fair fact that was unknown to most of the players, because mm. it was the first cup final, and yeah. even me, it was my second cup final, but like, I was relatively a newcomer. But, the game itself, you could feel 
Waterford started off, Waterford were well on top and we got to have to nil all. But I think by that stage Waterford you could see their head struck. Having and doubts, really? Yeah, because yeah. once the second half started and we scored, the game just completely changed and Waterford went to pieces. Yeah. It was a psychological thing I feel yeah. with them as much as anything that we can't win the cup. And the pressure they were under from the supporters was immense. Yeah. That mm. Like they would have given all the six titles away. Oh yeah, to win the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh yeah. They've only ever won two cups. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you went, I played for World for for three years, and the cup was like the mega. The like, Holy Grail, was it? Oh yeah. yeah. It, look, around to respect, lads. It's like Rovers. The players, the Rovers players, now are going to be under intense pressure. Yeah. Coming up to the cup final next week because supporters. I'd say if you ask Rovers supporters, what would you have an option the league or the cup? They'll all tell you the cup, cup, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's in Rovers tradition. Yeah, and Waterford to them, it was the the, the the holy grail. They hadn't won it and they wanted to win it, and it was it was really uh, an asphyxiation with them that they'd have to win the competition. And when the gold went in, the first goal went in, you could see their heads dropping, and after that, they yeah. fell to pieces. And in the end, it could have been 6 0, like it was 3 0. But yeah. mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about 68 and 69, Mick. I think you remember this one well, do you? The 69 final? The 68 69 season, 56 goals, 5 hat tricks. Well, just about. <laughs> I think it was because Mulligan came back. Ireland's Jimmy Graves, you were called. So. Ah, it was called many things. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Paddy, was he going to I was sure, year? I was sure. And, and we spoke about it. 56 goals, being very modest. I was sure that he would get to England. Because Lee and I would be chatting away and saying, ah, no. he'd be saying to me, no, you'll be gone. I said, no, no, I you've, you've got to be gone. You're the goal scorer in the outfit. You've, yeah. You're the one that's going to go. And I couldn't see how, how nobody over there was going to take him. But look at they did. And West Ham may, might have been the closest that he came. That I, that I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'd say that was. Only Mick would know. But, but what we have to remember as well is that there were so many great goal scorers over in England at that time. Yeah. It was a different game. Yeah, like, totally different every game. Every club like, could have fellas who were scoring 20, 25 goals every a club. season. Yes. Every, every club. club had them. Yeah. And it was, it was just incredible. I mean, if you went through Jeff Horse, Roger, like Jimmy Graves, yeah. Stan Bowles, like uh, Marsh Redney, go through every club, Mark Dennis Law, yeah. like go through team after Bob Latchford, Everton, go Osgood, through every Osgood, 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 Osgood at Chelsea, Mick Jones up at Leeds, and yeah. Alan Clark, every team has got a fellow who's got 20 odd goals. would be scoring a mountain of goals. So Paddy, when Mick was here on goal, did you just no think he was going to score every time? No danger. But Absolutely no danger. I'd say, compared to me and Paddy, like, my opinion is that I wouldn't have had the desire that Paddy had to go abroad. Mm. Like, to be honest with you. For the home board, right? Yeah, and I was happy. I was, look, I love playing with Rovers. And I, I thought that the way things were with Rovers, it never changed. And if I got the chance now, I would totally change my opinion because I have to say, after 70... When Liam Tuey left, the whole mm. atmosphere around the league changed. Liam went to Dundalk. Right, yeah. The whole league went into decline. Rovers were the never 70s. the same. No, and no, I have no. to, and like it was that stage. Then I was in the position that I was sort of twenty four, twenty five. I was getting married, like and Middlesbrough came in. We played the English league, and um, 
Lansdowne Road, mm. and you know, that was a great English team. Garden Banks was in goal. Like, yeah. Go through the team, Hunter Lawler. Yeah. Osgood played up front with Mick Shannon, like Garden Lee, uh, Francis, Francis Lee. Was Lee was so, yeah, and yeah. after that game, uh, Alf Ramsey was in charge of the, but his assistant was up in Middlesbrough. Um, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I can yeah. picture it, but I yeah, just can't. His name, his name just escapes me. Yeah. But the approach Rovers after that to find out if I would be interested in going over. Right. And they sent over a fellow called Stan Anderson was the manager. That's right, Stan Anderson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he came over and Billy Young was the manager of Rovers, but Billy Young, we were playing uh, a team from... Uh, I think it was we were playing Glen Tower in one of those blacks in the coat. It was a mm. Wednesday night and, and Billy, I didn't realise that they were coming over and Billy said to me, look, I fancy playing, you know, I'm stuck a bit. He's got Paul Martin up front, he was a good goal scorer. Yes, and that. Yeah, yeah. He said, would you play in the middle of the field? And seemingly Anderson came over and announced to me and at half time he went to the Cunningham's he said I'm fucking waste my time over here I came over to see the striker yeah. he's playing middle of the field uh, but yeah, they, yeah. they didn't know and that was the end of that Yeah. so the 69 FA Cup final you both played in it and how much was breaking the record of the fight in row in the 1930s team talked about in the dressing room so you never, even, talk, never even spoke about it never even said it did you, were you aware no was it just the media and the fans who constantly talking about this and that's, that's the way the game is now as well mm. well especially the media the media build up things that players just go irrelevant do anything irrelevant so. just go and, and I'll tell you how much you think about this and it's a sad reflection on us but it's the truth after the cup final was over right we all went their separate ways. The cup was left in the middle of the dressing room and Donna Leahy came in from Cork, yeah, yeah, picked yeah. up the cup. They were at the beating them for one in the four and he'd played now. He was a great player. Donna Lee played oh, for Cork. And a lovely fella as lovely, well. Right. And they took the cup and went down. They were staying in the North Star Hotel and brought it down to the North Star Hotel and they celebrated as if they'd won the cup. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Because why, why was that, that you up there? Well, tell you... The attitude was that it was rather six in a row. Mick McCarthy touched on this. He said you got sick of it. Well, never. Oh, we no, we no, never got sick. Mick, oh, he said no, the fans were like that. I got bored. No, no, we, no, we certainly didn't. We just no, felt no, we didn't. We'd done the job. We'd won the cup. Yeah. But like it was another match. That's all it was. It was another and, match, and that was and it. And that wasn't being arrogant, or wasn't being no. glassy. It was nothing like that. It was just a game that we had to win. We, we were lucky. Yeah. We were lucky to win it because the first day the first we game, drew one each. And it was and only Cam- for the head of the yeah. yoga party. Yeah. Correct, you're right. Fifty years later, you acknowledge that. And Christy Canavan kicked the ball off the line that would have put them two up. Yeah. And and we we were blessed, and neither missed a penalty. So you know things, but things went their way. I mean, they yeah. they came into Daily Mount the following Wednesday. Oh, they were beaten psychologically. They were gone. Before they they were gone. Started. Simple. And as. they were a good Cork team. They're very good Cork team. Very very good. The game was over. Uh, the Sunday after the 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 cup and the drawn game. That's where Rovers would have had sort of a mini celebration. But like yeah. the difference between the cup and lads, I've often said that I would have loved to have played in the country team. To win the cup, yeah. You, you speak to lads and yeah, 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 you speak yeah. to lads and great football town. When you go home, you and go you home. went home. Yeah. Like there was parades. Like yeah. the whole town came out. Yeah. You. People who were never at a soccer match in yeah. their life. Yeah. Yeah. I was on Tan Dallin O'Neill there about that, and he said, "Like he won the cup of Rovers in '78 when Giles's 
cup final, yeah, right? Yeah. And he said he didn't win it for seven or eight years later. He won it with Dundalk. And he said, like, the, the difference. Dundalk. He said, yeah. when the Rovers won the cup, they went mm -hmm. back to the club at the bottom of the stand in Milltown. The Hoops Club. The Hoops Club. Yeah. yeah. It said, like, there's a few drinks and uh, <laughs> the few supporters came in, maybe four or five hundred supporters that were sort of yeah. the, the hardcore yeah. supporters. Yeah. They were there. But he said, the difference when he went up to Dundalk after winning the cup and the whole town and they celebrated for oh, a, yeah, just for erupt. a, for just a erupt. week nearly yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I remember after my first cup final in 65 beat yeah. Limerick um, a few of us went back to Milltown mm. into the into the snooker room yeah. and played snooker <laughs> and a, a, a good and pal of mine Paddy Murray who was now deceased he came He came with me and that was and the first that, that, that was the first of the six wasn't second. it second yeah 60-40 but the lads went down um we went down to um, I think it was Daly's on the on the Keys, which is a great place for for a bit of steak after the '64 one uh, uh, when beat Cork Celtic after the replay, and a few drinks the lads had. Boom, gone. Come on, Can I read something? Actually, kind of ties into what you're saying there. This is from the FBI cookbook by Sean. Are you are, are you are, are you uh, um, uh, not believe what we're saying? <laughs> no, this guy's he's fact checking on the spot. Typical, typical media. <laughs> so actually, kind of backs up I what you're right. saying. I so, oh, as if it. Mm. I totally backed up from that book. <laughs> right. So this is uh, 1966. Like you were talking about how much these country teams really wanted to win the cup, like Limerick and Cork and all that. Oh yeah. So it's 1966. So he says, the laneway at the back of, the, of Daly Mount Park stand has hosted many emotional scenes in the aftermath of Cup Final Day. And 1966 was no exception. Heartbroken Limerick wing half Alf Nugan was in tears as he spoke to his mother and father, and to the distraught of Limerick fans who had gathered to console their heroes following a second successive defeat by the mighty Shamrock Rovers. The door of the official entrance opened, and the Limerick group turned to see who was coming out. Rovers captain Ronnie Nolan emerged with his kit bag in one hand and the FBI cup in the other. He walked down to his car, opened the boot threw in the cup with his kit and drove home. Familiarity breeds contempt. <laughs> but it was never meant, nope. it, it was never like that. But we never had to go with the cup. Like, no. It wasn't that was nothing, we were going to drive through the centre of Dublin with the cup. And and there wouldn't have know. been like a drinking we coach in any either, in, would there? In, in, oh, no. Was that 65 or 66? 66. 66, mm. right. Because in 65, we went back to the Intercontinental Hotel in Balls Bridge, which is now the Balls Bridge mm. Hotel, for, for a bite to eat. Uh, and in 69, we went we went to the Metropole. That's right. And O'Connell Street. I'll tell you where in 67, I think in 67, mm. my first cup after, final. On the Sunday after we went, the first game. We went to the, I think it was the Burlington. We, we the Burlington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 67 now. Yeah. But the, now the 69 after the, the first. Uh, well, yeah, on the Sunday. Yeah, on the Sunday. Went we went to the Metropole. We went to the Metropole in, in O'Connell Street, yeah. which is now Penny's. Ah oh, right, yeah. Very Which was you know the Metropole was a wonderful spot, and 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 I'm so sad the way Dublin has gone, because the Metropole had a cinema, a it bar, a, a restaurant, ball. and a ballroom. And if you fancy the older woman, the ballroom. <laughs> 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 you didn't drink, but you had Yeah, you get in there for the last dance for a lunch. <laughs> Oh, they were great days. Here's something I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about because I've heard conflicting answers about this one now. Did Rovers prepare and train differently for cup games compared to the Never, no. never. 
And there was but always, I remember other teams never. came across. Oh, yeah. They'd go away, Dundalk, Waterford. When it came to a cup week and they were playing a cup game, mm. you'd hear about them. Uh, Waterford had gone off to, say, a hotel out in Tremor and they yeah. were training for the week out. And yeah. We never we never changed here. Like, Tuesday and Thursday. More likely on a cup week, we took it easier than... <laughs> We took we we done like well, you see, we we had to take it easy in the in the, in the week uh, in the week of a cup final for the simple reason the media were out, the media were rich on the Tuesday, <laughs> so you had to give them time because they were going to do their their bits on the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in in the evening in the evening press evening uh, evening Herald. E- evening Herald, so you had to give them that bit of time, so you'd come back out on the Thursday and you'd be. You'd be only you've gone through the motions of what you'd normally do each each Thursday. I mean, nothing nothing heavy because all, all it's the end of the season. All the heavy work had been done. You wouldn't mm. want to get any fitter. You just had to get psychologically right for the following Sunday. Mm. I know exactly what your job was. Two days, no, never a third, never a fourth day. Never, no. never. We never we never trained on a Saturday. I remember I remember uh, um, Donald Lee saying to me one day, he said, "James Paddy, you lads are off a bit. How many times a week do you train?" So two. No, he said. And would you do your I'm own? I'm telling thing? you. No. No. It's fine Tuesday and Thursday. But you trained. Yeah. yeah. You trained very hard. And your pre-season. That's where, that's where people get, get a bit confused. The pre-season is of paramount. You get your good pre-season in and you don't pick up any injury. Sets and you can home. train. That sets it for the, for the, for the year. And then your, your, your match fitness levels. Come in, and then we were playing. We were playing teams of a higher quality when we play in Europe. You might only get one or two games out of it, maybe four games out of it tops. But you were still playing teams of a higher quality, so you had all of that to look forward to as well. But then you were playing international. You were playing. You're playing international. You know, you had League of Ireland yeah. uh, uh, playing for the league as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so, if, so we, if we didn't do anything differently for the cup, nothing. What created this aura around us where we, we became almost unbeatable in the cup? Six years in a row, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It probably, I don't it, it came from people from outside. It certainly, it certainly wasn't mentioned inside. Were no, teams, no. not in awe, but were they... Well, maybe, say, that's what I'm saying to you, it came from outside. Yeah. The fair fact that with other teams, oh, geez, yeah. what they become the male talent. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. like, I, I'm going to say, in 1970, we lost the first round uh, to Shelburne up in Milltown. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I remember what was that like when I when remember that? coming home from that match that day and Jesus I was saying I know I, I thought that, that, no, that couldn't be right but I think we're level the cup you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's strange Jesus no first of in seven the, years I remember the Tuesday night going down training be dead and it, I never I never sank in that like they were gone. we were level the cup like because yeah. and that to me was one of the major factors in the way Rovers went. The club, like... Seventies yeah, was bleak, wasn't it? Bleak. Bleak, the club. Like, we, mm. we won the League Cup in 77. Or, well, we, no, we got to the... the 72, we played Cork in the playoff. The playoff for the league. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Five minutes before we went out on the field that day, we weren't stripped. What was that? Because what happened was that the league was over and it was a playoff, which was the first time it happened in, and the club had to pay us two weeks extra wages. Right. Now they said was we're not paying you extra money. What they do was we said 
we won't pay us, but if you win the league, we'll pay a bonus, right? And we said, no, no way. Like, so when it came to the, we said, well, we want that way just because we're training. And that was, yeah. at those days, we went on 20, 15 pound a yeah. week or whatever. Yeah. And it got to the day of the match, and they said, we've decided that it's either, if he's win, he's get paid. If he's lose, he's getting nothing. Jesus. So there was a stand. Were, were you there? That no, time? no, I was gone. I gone. Sixty nine. There was a stand on the dressing room. Between we decided, well, there was thirty thousand in the ground. And Where's that money? Yeah. Well, we it's said paying at the gate, wasn't it? Well, well, we said, look, unless we get paid. So what they said was, well, we give you half. <laughs> one way Jesus. Out of it. So said it, it was thirty pound bonus to win that day, right? And they said if he's lose, we eventually they agreed to pay us fifteen if we lost. So I swear to God, but five minutes ago we hadn't stripped in the dressing room, mm. and eventually they agreed and said, "Right, we'll give you fifteen if he's lose." But the players before we went down the field, which was very unusual for Rovers team, there was a defeatist attitude. Like, yeah. More or less, the players didn't give a fuck and said, ah, yeah. that's the way. Yeah, not getting a few wins. No, it wasn't, it wasn't so much of the money point of view, but like, the way, the, way the Cunninghams... It's an old principle, definitely. Yeah, and after that, then more or less, the Cunninghams sat, walked away. They abdicated went, them, really. Yeah, the, the, a few years later, I think, they could come well, to well, well, what happened yeah. was, then, Arthur and Des took over, the mother and father dropped away from it yeah. and then within a few years Arden has no interest in it no 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 but then there was a nice coincidence just a week after completing the six in a row uh, you and Paddy made your Ireland debut together against Czechoslovakia in May 1969 so proud moment oh yeah it was who, who had the better game 2-0 2-1 2-1 2-1 yeah one. yeah we scored first we went Eamon Rogers scored we went one nil up yeah. And, and it, check your f- facts there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. First time he's going over, buddy. Have you have you got um have you got any? I have it there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm certain it was two one, and the Czechs were out to getting beaten in uh, the European champ. They were sixty two. Doesn't take much to get this fella up to see the no, grab a book. No, but I'm going to tell you now exactly. Czechs are back. You were beaten in the sixty two <laughs> World Cup final, weren't they? Massive yeah. post and all Massive post and all those great players, yeah. Left half. That was in Chile. That was in Chile. They got beaten by Brazil. Yeah. And it was 3 1 in the final. Yeah, and we played them then. In, and in those days, like Czechoslovakia were. Were a top team. Were, were Czechoslovakia. They were yeah. Czechs yeah. and Slovakia no, combination. There was, no, there was no split of the country at that stage. And 67, was it 2 1? It was 2 1. First sentence here and all, it says a very bad tempered affair. With Leach being carried off following yeah. a dreadful tackle by Plas. Well, you were milled away. After a half an hour, I'm going to tell you now, the fellow would have been banned from life. Don't mind, he got a yellow card now. We don't yeah. even know. We were playing down into the tramway end, and what happened was I came back over the halfway line. Now, this was very exceptional, buddy, for very me to come back over the halfway yeah. line. But anyway, I got the ball, it was on the left wing. On the, on the opposite side to the stand and I went to take him on and I got by the full back and your man came across he was a defensive midfielder and when I tell you he fucking tackled me and he, he, I'd say he tackled me from here up that way from there <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. he got a yellow card but I was carted off and yeah. just tell you the way things were 
I was car drive and I was brought down to the Matter Hospital in an ambulance, a Red Cross ambulance, <laughs> mm. right? And the gear on me. I was fucking left down there for about four hours. <laughs> <laughs> this was at seven o'clock at night, right? I had to walk back up the daily mountain in my early scare. But I had me boots on me. He said, well, fucking nobody had to take off me boots and walk back up. <laughs> so you walked, you're just a quick start on the four in a row we won 24 ties out of 24 from 1964 to 1969 32 games played 24 wins 8 draws None lost, obviously. Scored 68, conceded 18. Oh, wow. Serious. Something that's... that amuses me, actually, uh, Frank O'Neill, he doesn't like to call it the six in a row. He says, no, we won seven in eight years. Is he the only one who... Oh, yeah, that'd be Naylor. Yeah. yeah. That's Naylor, well, yeah. Well, he, he must... He, did he win in 62, Paddy? Yeah, but I wasn't there in 62. Yeah, yeah, was yeah he, they won it in 62. He'd be best Shelburne in the final. Beat Shelburne, 4-1 yeah, the, the final. 4-1 the final, yeah. Yeah, Tommy Hamilton was... And then the si- last in 63... Him won in 63. Was that Shelburne won in 63? Yeah. Did Shelburne oh, beat him in 63, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Robert was one of them. Yeah. Him won in 63. Was it Shelburne Shelburne won in 63. I'll have to check then. Yeah. He's had to check me books today, though. We'll talk, we'll talk in October 69, right, Paddy? You signed for Chelsea. Yeah. For the priestly sum, 78,000, 70 and a half thousand. That's Shelburne, yeah. That's yeah. it. So, uh, yeah. that, that, that's, a, that's, a, like, that's a lot of money. It was a lot of cash down in those days. I think and it went up to 25,000. Everything, but that fell through. So, t- well, I went to I went to Goodison Park. And yeah, I went to Goodison Park on a Friday. Flew over, and Harry Cook, the chief scout at, at Everton Football Club, met me at the airport. Fine, you know, you go, and I'm sitting outside um, Harry Catrick's office, the manager, for about about forty five minutes. There's no sign, and Harry Cook on me. Oh, yeah, he's very busy. So I just said, Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be busy seeing me, surely. Because I've come over to negotiate yeah. a deal, so I went in. But eventually, I went in anyway, and I told him what I what I wanted, and he said, "Well, no, we we couldn't do that." And he said, "Well, John Horst doesn't even earn that." Remember him saying that to me. John Horst was a fine player, yeah. right, right yeah, half, yeah, half, yeah, fine player. And and uh, I said, "Well, I'm not here to discuss what John Horst should be getting and what he shouldn't be getting." And you shouldn't be telling me either, mm. because you know, there's freedom of contract. That's why freedom of contract is in. 
So I don't want to know about what John Hurst earns. Right. So I, what I wanted was um, 80 pounds a week, plus whatever bonuses was in, uh, in place at, at the club. Could you be able to gauge how much that would be in today's money? I wouldn't have a clue. No. And five, I wanted a five thousand pound signing and fee. Right. Well, look, I'd say I, I'd say roughly what it was. I was on. I'd say Naila was on twenty pound in Milltown. Right. That's the top player, right? And he probably was on twenty pound wages and walk. Like that would yeah. have been the average. Sort of. Yeah. So we would have thought about it was forty pound a week between your football and yeah. your yeah. wages. So you'd be double what a fellow was earning. So in today's comparison, like a fellow, what's an average wage? Yeah. Here? Six or seven hundred. Double your wages. Double your wages. Probably fourteen or fifteen hundred. That nice. would have been probably. Probably yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, so they 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 wouldn't they wouldn't agree he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't agree to it, so he says to me um, I said well, the offer you're making me now I said I'm not so sure I can take that I said well I said I, said, I know I can't take it, but I said if you want me to think about it I'll go home and think about it ah, I said no 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 if you sign here you, you don't have to go home and I said well if I sign here I said I've nothing to think about I'm signing for close so yeah. I'm not signing. <laughs> so he said um, but why not I said because you're not coming up with what I want I said I told you what I want I want £80 a week whatever your bonus well, what structure is what was he asking you Paddy not my man 40 so it would have been on that in the I was on that it. I said yeah, I'm earning yeah. that at home yeah. between working between football I'm earning that at home so why should I come here for that so exactly he, yeah you've been up and I wanted a £5,000 signing on fee I said fine so I said no I'm not signing and off I went I arrived back in Dublin Airport, and all done for the Irish Independent at the yeah. airport. Congratulations, signed for everything. No, I haven't signed. <laughs> he said, no, you're taking the piss again. I said, no, I'm not taking the piss again. No, I haven't signed. But it's in the paper. I don't care what's in the paper. I have not signed. They'd given it out. Uh, Harry Catrick had given it out to the, to the Liverpool, the local, the Everton Liverpool yeah, paper, yeah, yeah. whatever. The, the Echo, Liverpool it, Echo, or whatever yeah. it is. And, and uh, that, I was, that I had signed. And I would attend the game the following day at Goodison. You're in Dublin. <laughs> I'm back in Dublin. Harry Cook rings me that night in the Friday night at about seven o'clock, and he said he's he's flying into Dublin on Saturday to come and see me. I said, "Well, Nestor, is there a new deal?" No. I said, "There's no point in you coming over." He said, "No, no, I'm coming over. We can talk about this." I said, "There's no talking to be done." So I met him in the in the the Royal George Hotel up in Parnell Square right. on the following morning. And we were playing uh, at Lone on the on the Sunday in at Lone, and went and met him. Still no sign of a, a new deal. That's not good to me. I said, "Look, at Mr. Cook, I've got to go because I've got a game tomorrow for Rovers in at Lone, and I want to be right." It's as simple as, and I'm I'm getting out of here now. And I'm sorry that you waste your time, but I told you yesterday, no one come unless there's a big deal. And uh, he said, "You've been." He said to me, he hit me on the on the shoulder. He said, "You've been tapped." I said, I haven't been tapped by anybody. I said, nobody's come in for me. Right. I said, you're the only people showing any interest. So I said, I'm sorry. So that was that was the end of that. And and Charlton came in then the following week and, 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 uh, and Chelsea came in a uh, week or ten days later. Yeah. And when I when I when I went to Stamford when I went to uh, Chelsea, flew over to negotiate. That was after the match against the Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Dave Sexton was over at that match. That's where like I don't know. I don't yeah, know whether he was or not. I know the story because both of us were playing in that game. 
you you weren't down initially to play, but Tony Dunn got injured and, and you were you were pulled in. You were and No, happened? I was in the squad originally. You were in the squad, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah but, well, All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, Tony Dunn, I played left back. Yeah, yeah, you played left full, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Dave Sexton was at the game and he obviously was impressed with what he saw with you. So we had a European Cup winners medal in 71. 71, yeah. Late appearance. Against Real, yeah, against Real Madrid. In Athens. What was your highlight? Yeah, that was, the highlight was that we won it. Yeah. <laughs> I can assure you. Because uh, we drew on the Wednesday night and, and John Dempsey in the, in the replay got a, got a wonder a wonder goal. Um, ball came out from a corner kick and he just blasted it um, and rifled into, into, the, into the roof of the net. But it was a oh, it was a magnificent, magnificent night. But I'll never know how we won it because some of the lads <laughs> went on the on the tear on the Wednesday after the game, yeah. and uh, there was a few words of disagreement on the Thursday uh, among some of the players. Um, but then we so there's the no logic in football. No, there's no, there's no whatsoever <laughs> because uh, all I can think of is that Real Madrid must be in a worse state. Yeah, must have gone on the bigger tear. <laughs> exactly, because there's, there's absolutely no logic as to, as to how, how Chelsea would have won that game. But look, at, we went and we won it. And, that was, and, that and then was you went to Palace, 72, two 70. goals and a famous 5-0 win over Man United yeah, that year. Yeah, and uh, that was a bad move. Remember, we were in we were in uh, in Brazil at the, at the Mini World Cup and we were walking up the beach in, in uh, Recife. Yeah, Recife, yeah. Mick and myself, and we were saying, and Mick was saying to me that God, you had a good season last season at Chelsea. I said, yeah, I said, it ends up well. But I said to him, I said, I won't be there by December. What do you mean? Because I said, Sexton doesn't doesn't like me anymore. I said, he used to like me, but he doesn't like me anymore for whatever reason that's gone on in his head. I don't know. And uh, I said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I said, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I started off the season, the following season then, and, and uh, playing well. And... And in training one, one morning, and go back to to the digs that I was in, and I get a call that afternoon from. They say, "Oh, how are you?" I said, "Dave, you, you saw me this morning." I said, "You know how I am? I'm fine. What's what's going on?" And he said, um, "Said um, we've we've agreed a fee with Palace, but you don't have to go." And that just, I was wrong as well, mm. um, because I was too volatile at that particular at that particular moment. Because it cast my mind back to what I was saying to Mick here in, in, during the summer and that trip to, to South America. I said, yeah, well, I'm right then. I said, he doesn't, he doesn't want me around the place. So I said, well, why did you agree a fee if you, if you don't want me to go? And he said, no, we, well, we, we've agreed to fee. You've been the team in Saturday. I said, you're not making any sense. Mm. And uh, want me, I said, leave it, leave it. I said, leave it and let's see. Uh, I'll be in the morning training. And... Uh, then I just, I, Bert Head then got in touch with me from, from Palace, he was the manager. And they come over and spoke to me. And Charlie Cook was in the deal as well, the two of us were gone. Uh, and we both ended up signing for Palace. Yeah. And I went down to Palace on the Friday. And big uh, John Yogi Bear Hughes, he, he was, who yeah. played for Celtic, was there. And, and, and he says to me, it was this great, great welcome to Crystal Palace, he says to me, uh, what is a good player like you doing here? Oh no! Yeah, that was your start. That was, so what a good what But if if you had take your, me back to Chelsea, oh <laughs> get me back, get me out of here quick, get me out of here. But look at it. About three o'clock. No, it's four o'clock. Jesus, what's it four o'clock? Okay. And um, 
what do you call it? So I set myself as if I, 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 I was in, in, in turmoil anyway. But I shouldn't have reacted the way that I... Yeah. All I needed from Dave was, okay, uh, just to let you yeah. know that uh, Palace are, 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 have made an approach uh, for you, but we're not letting you go. Fine. But they came to you and said, we've said we're taking we, the money. We've back. accepted yeah. a, 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 a fee for you. So why? I said, oh, no. So... But if I had my time over again, I would have reacted in, in a much different, a much different fashion. And and Palace, uh, it, it, should we talk about uh, failure? I mean, this is failure with a capital F. When you're when you're in, in Palace, and you go from the first division to the second division to the third division back to in back successive seasons, that's failure. It's been demoralised. And you just it? you just feel that you're absolutely worthless because they made me captain of the club, and it was just a complete. An absolute shambles, and mm. Bert Head got the sack in the following March, and Malcolm Allison came in, and and Malcolm thought that he had players of the quality of Colin Bell and Francis Lee and Mike Summerby at, at Man City, and Mike Doyle at Man City. That quality wasn't that Palace. No, and and uh, it, was, it was just it was just a great pity, you know, smashing club, and and and, and uh, the people there at Palace were 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 wonderful, but uh, footballing was you're not there to to be happy with the people, with the staff there. You're there to go and produce on a, on a Saturday afternoon, mm. wherever you are, and that wasn't happening on a, on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. And yes, we could put in the odd performance, like playing Leeds and, and, and drawing two each of them in a, in a, in a wonderful game at Selhurst Park and, and going up and, and beating a, a Man United team that were in absolute turmoil uh, at the time. It had to be in turmoil for us to beat them five <laughs> For me to score two goals, but mm. before you say it... <laughs> So Mick, you stayed at Rovers until 1973, so obviously the team was in decline at this stage. <coughs> and this is unthinkable nowadays, but talk about three FEI Cup replays well, in three days against Atlanta Town. Well, that was, to me, insane. it was, was slavery, if you want to put it a better way. We played them on the Sunday, we drew down that line. We played them, and I have to say, I thought that was the best Rovers team since the, the late 60s yeah. that we had. We played them on the Wednesday night in Daily Mount, two periods of extra time. We played them on the Thursday, two periods of extra time. We played Jesus. them on the Friday, and we won the 90 minutes, right? Now, Rovers went to the FAI, they convened the meeting in Daily Mount on the Friday night, an emergency meeting, and asked for the game to be put off because we were playing Limerick on the Sunday down in Limerick. Right. And they refused because they didn't want Rovers in the cup. Of course not. So they refused. Look, I remember getting off the train in Limerick and I couldn't walk up to the state, up to the ground, don't mind trying running around. But Your teammates were probably the same, right? they oh, probably all shattered. Yeah, and then yeah. We, got, we got beaten by 1-0 by Limerick, there was no uh, dispute with Limerick, like it wasn't their fault, but that was the way Roberts were treated then by the FAI. And like... In theory, it was just a human. Yeah, yeah that's how I carry on. Unbelievable. For part time, two players, periods of extra time in two yeah, days. Yeah, as well as the tour yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> for part time players, and like after that, I went down to work. Like to me, that was sort of Rovers was on the way down. Like, if, if I felt honestly, if Rovers at that time had have won the cup, I thought there would have been a new sort of phase in Rovers history. But like. Straight away after the end of that season, you could see that losing the cup that year, the head started dropping and things started uh, going on in the club. Like good players started wanting to leave, and 
Between she came back in 76 though, didn't she? Yeah. came back in 76. won the League Cup. Yeah, Sean Thomas was the manager. We won the League. We bet Sligo in uh, the final in Daily Mount. Late winner from yourself? Late winner. Uh, 40 yard fucking two. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Who was involved for the opposition? Mick Smith was No, it? no, fellow Cole, sure? Pat Patterson. He was a good goalkeeper. No, Floyd Patterson. No. He was a good boxer. <laughs> 40 yards. I couldn't believe it. The, oh, I couldn't believe the it. The ball dropped with about three or four minutes to go. Uh, no, I don't know how it was on the halfway line, but it was on the halfway line. What were you doing line. there? 40 yards. That was the halfway line. I'll tell you what happened. I probably was at the making the room back for 10 yards and I had no energy. And you had no energy after you said, right, okay, I'll just take a shot and hope for the best. I hit the ball from 40 yards and I went into the top corner. Couldn't believe it. We won 1 0. And then he scored a winner in John Joe's fourth game in charge, which didn't really feature in his fans. No, after that. What happened there? Well, look, George's attitude was that he said was he wanted us to go full time. Like I was nearly thirty at this stage, out of the family. Like there was no job. Way, the whole no what was way. what was his version of full time? What was it? Oh, it was full time. No, like, what was like? Paddy I mean, what, what was the training? It was going to be early. Was it late? Oh no, but like it was. Paddy was oh there. half ten, I mean, half, yeah, ten. half ten in the morning. Like in all fairness, like it was a professional setup, mm. and the players he had, like he brought Paddy back. Like Dunphy, well, I came back a few years Tra- after yeah, that. you sorry, Dunphy, Tracy, Stevie Linux. Like they he brought over five or six players from he brought own hand over, he brought yeah. so you look at the yeah. players he brought and John Johnny, Osborne on goal yeah, for a while. Johnny Fulham, who was sort of in a unique position because he did his own business and he could cater his training yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah. it. So that was more or less they mm. said, Look, myself, Pat Dunn. John Dowden, we were players that were there and like we were all starting to settle jobs and it wasn't look whether he wanted us or not, I don't know. Yeah. But it wasn't just feasible. So he kept us for half the season and then we went to Bowers and unfortunately we won the league. <laughs> you threw the medal away though, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I never took it. <laughs> I couldn't take it about. But no, that was the setup we went. Paddy seventy nine. You came back, yeah, and I suppose like with a completely different Rovers, yeah, uh, to the one that that uh, that I left ten years previously. You're all West Brom gaffer, yeah, and Billy uh, Billy Lord again. The Woodbines, yeah. Billy Lord said to me, he said, "No, oh, it's not the same, Petty," and he was right. I didn't, I didn't think that. I, I didn't think it could, it could change as much as it did. Um, and what about Joyles in because, general? Yeah, because I had said, to, I said to John. I said, you know, you're going to be the same as you were at West Brom and you're going to be the same as you were with the Republic of Ireland. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. And what was it. that? What was that same? Like, what? Well, the same was that, that the discipline was going to be good and right. uh, the respect for players was going to be good. But Ray and Ray Tracy and, and, and uh, Dunphy uh, never got on. So there was always a bit of conflict there. And, and Dunphy was very, very bad with, with, uh, with young lads. Was he, yeah? Yeah, very, no very, bad, bad. very bad. No time for them. And, uh, overly critical. Yeah. Which I, I I saw him in operation one day and said, I'm gonna speak to John about this Eamon because it's not this isn't the way to go about yeah. things and I spoke to John about it and, and uh John would put things on the long fingers, oh yeah yeah we'll we get that sorted out. Yeah well it has to be no, sorted never out. be done. And eventually something was done but it, it But then Georgie took I mean when Georgie came home he all this way we're always going to be, we're going to set up, we're going to get the best players, we're going to yeah. put, come here, he waited two years and he was gone. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. you know... Never came to fruition? No, because he moved off to Vancouver, wasn't Vancouver, it, at the time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so wasn't, at the time, wasn't he splitting his season? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. he going to Vancouver yeah. in the off-season and then coming back? Yeah. Which I think that, of. That, that probably happened after I had gone. I, I arrived in 79 and left in 80. So you you just came back and you said I'm fat. Oh, I've had same enough, club, no. yeah. No, no. God. No. I mean, when you think... And, and, and Rovers would be a club that I would love. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you think... No questions about it. He, like, he brought in the likes of Pierce O'Leary and yeah. like Dave Henderson, like uh, Richie Bailey. Richie they Bailey. were lads that, like... Richie Bailey, he was, wasn't yeah. he the youngest ever European? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 16, yeah. Yeah. Like, ideally he wanted the youth to set up here that... He'd have a League of Ireland team, but he'd also be in a position that he was able to sell players on, which, oh. which, like in theory, it was a good idea because if he was able to sell a player a year and the money was come back in and he could re yeah, it was going back into the club. the club by bringing in other players and giving yeah. like he was taking players. They were all fifteen or sixteen year old kids, like yeah. and he, they were full, more or less full time in the setup, which was ideally come in. Rovers at present by having the skill by setup is what you'd want. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was a, a short term situation when he was like I don't have any great love for George in that respect. And what about you, Paddy? Yeah, more no, no, than myself. I mean, you can't be going to America and being involved in a League of Ireland club I couldn't believe that when and, I heard and flitting off and apparently he, he, he went off around 81 or 82 a few months before the League of Ireland season yeah. finished yeah you know that's mm. what's going on and then you see he, he when he was leaving West Brom he was saying he couldn't you know he called us all into a room at West Brom and said I, I can't get on with these directors do not let me go the direction we should be going and he did brilliantly at West Brom absolutely brilliantly um, and there can be no question about it. I'm with the Irish team, mm. but with Rovers, he, maybe he, he seemed to to me he seemed to lose his way. That maybe he hadn't got as much love for the game as he thought that he might have had. Because I saw I, I saw a change in in, in his attitude. Yeah, at, at so it wasn't the, it wasn't the jaws at West Brom that no, was at Rovers. But at West Brom, but he, he, he came and he, he he said to us, "Oh well, I, I have to get out because of of this situation here, and the directors are interfering too much." And I can understand that fully. Yeah. So you should be. Great. Go and do that. But then he went back to West Brom around 82 or 83 as manager mm. with the same people and, and same there you go, yeah. with the same so directors. Like when he, he felt that when he yeah. came home here like because Louis Kilcoyne was his brother-in-law yeah. like that he was going to have total control and it, he did have total control and I mean I'd go along with his, as I said earlier and I'd certainly go along with, with what his agenda was that he'd get the best young players, you bring them to Rovers, you give them a year or two and sell them off to England mm. and like the money come back in, he was able to replenish the players and it looked as if Rovers were going down that full time setup and mm-hmm. they yeah. were able to move along. But you know, it, it didn't last long. Died That's, death pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. And Paddy, uh, and that was the, that was the sad part about it. So if you're if you're it, if you're falling out of love with a, with a group of people and you still go back to the same group of people four or five years later. Yeah. Well, something wrong someplace. Yeah. Well, as far as I would be concerned, there would be something wrong someplace. So. And Paddy, perhaps the most infamous story associated uh, with you. I'm looking forward to Garrett hearing this one because he doesn't know the story. Hmm. Uh, tell us what happened with the FEI after you applied for the Ireland job in 1980, but you lost out Owen Hand by a single vote. No, I think it was 9-7. I think two votes there, okay. to be fair to Owen. But but uh, uh, one one FAI official 
said he didn't vote for me because I, I threw a bun at him. <laughs> <laughs> He couldn't spell it properly. <laughs> it must have been a rock bun. Pity it wasn't. Pity it wasn't so a, when, did this, when did this bun showing occur? Yeah. But look, I don't know. Probably, I don't know what they that's, Look, that's the way. That's the way their minds are. And that's, that's the, the way, way the, the FAO was. I mean, when you look at the way, like, Jack Charlton got the job, I mean, he wasn't in the initial tray. Yeah, and he became yeah, number it, one. It was Liam really? Tewey. Liam Tewey yeah, and Bob Paisley. Bob, Bob Paisley, and yeah. who was the third fella? Georgie. Wasn't that Jack Steen? Each of them got, well, yeah. maybe. No, was each he not dead? Hmm. Each of them got three <laughs> votes. No, I think it was, I think it was, um, I think it was Giles. It was Giles, Tewey, and, and Bob Paisley. Yeah. And he got three votes each. There was nine members on the committee. Yeah. And then what happened was, they, they couldn't have saw it. So this case, he came back in there and he said, Maybe I mean Jack Charlton. Fucking Jack Charlton would nominate the manager. It wasn't yeah. even in the initiative. This is crazy. It wasn't it wasn't even look, it turned out to be that's the fallacy of football. It turned out to be one of the greatest decisions he ever made. Yeah. yeah. They, they yeah. kinda of stumbled yeah. into it, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh very much so. But tell us about Greece. Pad I'd say I, I love I love these stories. Pantanoikos, yeah. Nineteen eighty two, Pantanoikos, bit of a Irish tinged club, is it with yeah, the green and white and the shamrocks? No, not really. How did that come about? I never do you know something, I never even uh, found how, out how because anybody yeah, well. anybody that I asked there, and especially Bessie and Stefan's Dia Mandara, who were died in the world Panathinaikos fans, they couldn't even tell me mm. as to how the, the shamrock came. Yeah. But uh, Panathinaikos was a, was a, 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 a wonderful Greek club. George Vadinoyani was the owner, the multi uh, uh, shipping uh, magnet. And Ronnie Allen, who was as managed me at West Brom, got in touch with me right. and asked what I come over as his assistant. So I went over and, and spoke with him, and we agreed. I said, "Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. We go and do that." But and the Greek, the Greek footballers of that age, they're so technically gifted, but and they they train and run. All day long, right? But on a Sunday, they, won't they fucking lose the plot. <laughs> they won't do it on the pitch. It's incredible. <laughs> we love incredible. the train and we hate the. So matches. you're looking, you're, you're <laughs> going all week thinking this is great. The lads are looking yeah, at good things. We love the train, but we hate the matches. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the the opposite of the rest yeah. of the world. <laughs> it was unbelievable with them. Uh, um, but it, it was a, it was a huge experience because we played um, we played Juventus. In the European Cup game. Yeah, I think it's you're been, reading their script here. Right? Giovanni Trepatoni, Liam Brady in the side. Yeah, Liam in the, Liam in the, in the side. And they, they beat us uh, three or four. There was a second that night as well. 4 0 yeah. the first leg in Turin. 4 0 the first yeah. leg in Turin, yeah. And, and uh, we go back in to, to, um, to Athens, fly back that night. And Ronnie gives me a show the following day. Um, the president wants to see you, George Bedinian. Fine. He said, I'm gone, but he wants you to stay, and I don't want you to go either. I want you to stay. Your assistant that's manager the, at the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the question I was going to ask you, yeah. your relationship with Ronnie. Yeah. Like, and I said to him, so, no, sure I can't. no, I said, sure I can't stay, Ronnie. He said, you brought me here. Yeah. To go. No, he said, I want you to stay, because he wants you to stay. He won't let you go anyway. He wants you to stay. But I said, suppose well, I don't want to fucking stay, Ronnie. What goes on then? Well, he said, that's... That's something you have to sort out yourself. Yeah. But he, all he wanted, all Ronnie wanted to do was get out of the fucking place, because he'd been threatened by Verdi and Ayani in the dressing room after the. <laughs> yeah. Physically. Oh, yeah, because Verdi and Ayani came in and he was fuming, because Ronnie picked a team that 
had six players in it who hadn't played in about four or five months through injury. Oh, and I was trying to get the team out of them from Monday because we flew to we flew on the on the on the Monday to to Turin, and I, on the Tuesday I was trying to get the team out of them, and he wouldn't tell me. He said, "No, no." I said, "But then I said, the why did he do that?" The lads are asking me, and yeah. they think I'm telling him stories. Mm. Said, "I'm asking you, and you, you're the, you're going to pick the team." He said, "No, no, we'll leave it, we'll leave it till tomorrow." So when he picked the team. Shocking the dressing room. Oh, for Christ's sake. And what did Brady say? No, in the in the in the in the in the return leg. And you took the job, did you? No, no, I was I was I was I was with uh, uh, one of one of the other coaches. Oh yeah. The two of us took the job. The two of us went and, and prepared the team for the league games and for in the in the six games that, that we played, we uh, we won the we won the six games. Hundred percent right. Yeah, but then he went and, and, and brought in um, a, a, a fucking Austrian coach that nobody liked. Yeah, didn't work. No, he that, didn't mind. That was the way it was. But Brady came over to me in the in mm. uh, sitting in the dugout in in, in Panathinaikos in Athens. Uh, we were leading, I think, three nothing. We hit the crossbar twice, nearly overturned the thing. Oh, yeah. And and uh, he said, "These players are mad, Paddy. Fucking pointing them down." I said it's great, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. The madder they get, the better it gets. <laughs> But we're obsessed. Oh, oh, it had to be a midweek game because it wasn't on the Sunday. <laughs> 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 <Midweek game. laughs> but you both doubled the management, and after hanging up your boots, Mickey took over at Long 1990 and Paddy. Spells at Galway and Shells. Start with you, Mick. How would you find management? You want to ask me about at Long? Well, look. I took on the. I, I managed in the Lancer League for a few seasons and I got the opportunity to manage down that loan. Um, that loan's that loan, like, it was a farce if you want to. Yeah. I mean, after two weeks, there was no wages for the players. The checks were bouncing for the players they were paying. And players are coming to you and saying, look, my wife went down the shops and they told her that the check had to give them a bounce. So oh, you yeah. had to deal with the... It's very embarrassing. We were training. To say the least. We had a training facility, I had arranged, and after four weeks, it was up in the place up in Clondon Road, the, the blind. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, after yeah. After four weeks, the, yeah, the girl came out and says, look, I've got no money from that loan. I rang up the club and basically said he had no money. Our opening game of the season was against Everton. It was a floodlit match, right? So they were installing new floodlights. So the day before the match, I got a phone call and say, Look, the match is on at uh, 7 o'clock and said the bay. I said, What about the floodlights? Transport. Why do you hear this? They had a raffle. They got, say, at the time, 100,000 to buy floodlights, right? They bought four pylons, right? There was no electricity. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened then? Four pylons, right? Yeah. They had a raffle in the town to raise the money for the floodlights. Yeah. So they got a the few quid. They got a the few quid, yeah, because now we know where the few quid went. They, they bought four pylons from some junior club or something. Stuck the Second hand man. jokes. Yeah. Put, on a, few, put lights, on a few lamps. The lights, yeah. They never came on. There was no such thing as floodlights. <laughs> So they come on during the day. You're asking me how they manage the team. Like, you're dealing with this situation. Like, so how do you go about it? Like, the training facilities we had, eventually what I had to do was train down in Fairview Park, right? Yeah. 
and underneath the street lights. I had to get off the pitch at eight o'clock because Belvedere's under and elevens were coming down. <laughs> <laughs> we're the league of Ireland. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's thankless. It's thankless. <laughs> so you look. You've no chance. We still look. I have to tell you, baptism of fire. You could yeah, say. Yeah, well, look. You just put up with it, and I think great respect for the players. Like the lads involved. But at the end of the season, we escaped relegation and we stayed in the Premier League. And look, that's all that Lone ever wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, there, were, there were no ambition. But two seasons yeah. after that, or the following season, they got relegated and they've never come back since. So look at that history since then. Mm. What about you? Well, you did uh, your stints in Ireland? No, I didn't. I, I, I thought I might enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy it for pretty much the same reason that Mick is, is, is coming out with it. You can't. You can't manage a club unless the finances and the, the structure of the club is right. And at, at Galway it wasn't right, and certainly at Chelsea it wasn't right. And again, you had uh, people in in, 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 in in power who weren't paying you or weren't paying the players. Yeah. And that just totally you're spend, your mind off. Yeah, you spend the more time. Yeah, the, the hardest thing, as explained, the hardest part is people dealing with people like yeah. the players are giving you a commitment they're training yeah. they're doing everything they're turning up doing everything on a Sunday and then when they no come oh, we've no money this week yeah. and the money wasn't let's be fair the money was only pocket money yeah. but yeah. It, was the, it was the principle it was the whole principle yeah, of the whole, yeah, yeah. Of the whole issue yeah. and the same the same at, at, at both Galway and, and, and at Charles and, but eventually the Galway situation got sorted out with, with, with the late Martin Graney and Joe Hanley uh, taking over and and, and we, we got something good going then and a good few young lads came through fortunate enough that's it I've discovered in Galway mm. the likes of Old Myrna just for example mm. I mean Old was a smashing pair a smashing pair yeah. for St. Pat's as well yeah but the and history of our clubs if you look at the history of Galway the history of Atlanta the history of Shelbourne yeah look they're still in the depths of despair yeah yeah yeah. Because they never got their act together and point yeah. out only the late great now. Paddy Finnegan who, 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 who appointed me at Charles um, was a was a wonderful wonderful man, right. and he had great ideas. And he had, we had because I met I met the people in the states who were going to come in, and get everything sorted out financially uh, within within the club, but he died. I went there. I think it was in in uh, July eighty five, and he got cancer, mm. and in March eighty six, he was gone. Yeah, and, no then, blood. and then I and then I was gone. As soon as he was gone, yeah, I was gone. Yeah, I'm not Simple saying, look, well, and maybe Paddy will agree with me, I'm not saying I would have been a successful manager. Right? No, no more than myself. But this, I would have liked to have a fair opportunity to do And then you could judge me and say, yeah. look, you are good, bad or indifferent. Yeah. Look, we gave you all that was required yeah. and you didn't do it. Yeah. And as such... We had nothing that long. As such, look, everybody knows in the game, you're... Tenure as a manager, it depends on results. And if, if you get results, you're a good manager. If yeah. you don't get results, you're a bad manager. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Yeah. But uh, Mick, your son, Mark, and your brother, well, he played for hours as well. He so. did. He ended up playing. He played. He didn't play much for hours. He he sort of was at the start of uh, O'Neill's reign, and obviously we, they were bringing in Twiggy. So Mark was so to Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should we Chief play there as well? Twiggy, Twiggy, yeah, yeah she's all over. She's great, great player, great girl. Yeah. 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 And Bobby was very unlucky, wasn't he? Well, my brother Bobby would have been exceptionally good player. He he played just how lucky are in football are unlucky. He saw him were overs. I think it was sixty nine, and 
he played his first match at 17 against um, Pats up in Richmond Park in his first game he got a tackle that put him out football for two years Paddy, I'll tell you what happened it was a tackle that he done his uh, the cruciate ligament yeah the cruciate ligament and in those days oh yeah the are the cartilage like it wasn't the pinhole operation they, they opened up your yeah, whole knee yeah, yeah. yeah like it was a huge Terrific. operation two oh, years yeah. and he came made to come back then with, with um, home farm and I think he was only playing another half a season with Mick Lala was the manager and he done this other cruciate ligament yeah, and the geez, other knee yeah like if he had a good career at Leinster League and that, but he, I think if he had got the breaks, he would have had an exceptionally good career. I, I could have seen him gone away because he was good in the air, he was quick. Ravaged by injury. Ravaged by injury. Yeah. So do you guys still meet up regularly with uh, former teammates from the six in a row, like yourselves? Oh, we meet regularly. Oh, we, yeah. we meet nearly every Friday. Yeah. yeah. Like, like and then the other lads like John Keogh and John Frank O'Neill and Frank O'Neill Mick Lawler yeah, yeah. There's, there's a group of but sometimes lads. I go out to the yacht sometimes some, some it's easy to take skin <laughs> take skin to be involved in that in those Friday meets <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty of skin yeah. <laughs> and Torlock O'Connor will come in as well with us so. oh, yeah. and yeah. a few Man United supporters of Torlock's friends and a few lads, Mick Cavanagh, Alan, oh, we haven't talked to Alan O'Neill yesterday. Alan's a great guy, he was on the show. Alan, when he heard about it, he said, James McVinnell, he's right there, I'd love to come in. Look, come in any time. Group of lads and you just have a chat, we talk about old times or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Paddy, you have 50 caps in total for Ireland. Ten of those at your time at Rovers, including three as captain, so standout memory, international football. Just get just getting a cap when you get one cap you think that you know, that's great I'm happy with that but then you get it you, you get greedy in a nice way and that you want to keep representing yeah. your country and, and and if anybody had said to me I would have got fifty caps playing as a, as a schoolboy they said no there's no chance that if I play once or twice I'd be happy mm. but no it it, it, it it ended up ended up very very good but it's a great it's a wonderful wonderful feeling to put on that green jersey you know it's it's it's, it's just a magnificent way to 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 play football um, and I enjoyed every every minute of it uh, in the international team and with the different people playing with Mick at Rovers and playing with Mick in the international team yeah. uh, um, playing with the different manager and being involved with the great Charlie Hurley and, and Noel Campbell because trust me lads these were two magnificent players who could play in any era yeah. they were they were the tops would you agree with oh yeah, yeah. I mean Hurley I mean, you, people talk about Paul McGrath. Charlie Hurley was a magnificent player. It's a name that, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never even heard of. A magnificent player, comfortable on the ball. He was the king of oh, Sunderland, the yeah. king of Roker Park, Yeah. Charlie Hurley. And, and Pat, uh, Pat Sayward. Pat Sayward at Aston Villa. Tony Dunn. Tony Dunn. Tony oh. Dunn played Manchester United. Like, he came from Shelbourne over to Manchester United. 1960. He won the, he won the Champions League between... Well, in 1968, European Cup. Yeah. Like, yeah. Brilliant, was he? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Shea Brennan was really full on Shea that Brennan. team. Like, two Irish. Two Irish in that team. Yeah, as nice as lads, lads you could meet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but um, the quality of those players... like. For me, as a league of one, like Paddy got gone to Chelsea, he was in the full time setup. He was playing with players of great Osgood and Hudson and all mm. them. For me, for a league of one and player to be involved, like I have to tell you, it was. Yeah, but I was a league of one and player. I know, I know, I know. First of all, you know, like when you 
became established in Chelsea and that. Like I know you were around initially playing, but we yeah. even talk about your League of One play days to get a cap and play with oh, those yeah. players. Like yeah. it was the feeling you can't explain it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my mean, first trip was in in '66 with uh, to Belgium and, and and Austria, and Cantwell and Hurley were the joint managers, and I was in awe of them. Yeah. Truthfully, yeah. I was in awe, and and there were two magnificent men. But not all magnificent men, magnificent footballers as well. And I remember, Cantwell didn't like Frank. Frank O'Neill. I know because he kicked him out of the ground in Daly yeah. Mount. <laughs> but nineteen sixty-three, uh, Rob was played United. Yeah. I only ever heard that story. Cantwell just went berserk. Uh, after half an hour, Nader yeah. went up to him and jinked yeah. by him and fucking he went by him the first time. The second time he jinked him, put him in the stand. Oh, put oh. him out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely vicious. And and he got Cantwell got he got that like tell you how powerful Rovers was. After that he got that threat and everything was coming <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you. And, players, different. and people would boo him with international yeah. playing for Ireland. Like, playing for Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember we were in in um, in Austria on the on the on the Friday, Frank and me were having a cup of tea, and uh, Naylor had a had a, a very uh, sweet tooth, and he had a big cream cake in front of him. <laughs> and Cantwell arrived in, and Bridge was sitting in the coffee shop. I just had a, a cup of tea, and uh, Cantwell came over and he said, uh, "Looks at the cake and looks at Frank." No wonder you never made it, Arson. Oh wow, <laughs> that was a low blow. I'll like, never yeah. forget it. I will never forget it. If the ground, ground if yeah. the ground could have opened up, I would have just happily sunk into the ground. I said, "Oh Jesus, this is this is this is vicious." Mm-hmm. Was so that we, after the kicking? That was after the kicking. That was three years after the kicking. So we've so, we've been doing it all time eleven po- on the podcast. In we we spoke about it before. There's two teams. There's one before Middletown. There's one after Middletown. And a different Rovers fan each week would nominate four players in a position. And then it would go to a poll on Facebook. So the Milltown era team we ended up with was Alan O'Neill, Harry Kenny, Peter Eccles, Jacob McDonough, John Cody, John Giles, Pat Bourne, Mick Leach, Mick Bourne and Alan Campbell. So a bit of background on this. Mick McCarthy has been taking a lot of flack about this, about putting you in the winger category. No, <laughs> uh, I, think, I, I don't think that. I think he, he, put, he put Frank O'Neill as a winger. He picked two. Yeah, he yeah. put Frank O'Neill in the wing and me up front. I think his controversy was whether I was a centre forward or an, or inside, an inside forward. forward that's right, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. there wasn't. I did. Either. I did give him more scope. I said mm. you can pick outside right, outside left, inside forward, or winger, mm. whatever. So he took the opportunity to pick you as an inside forward. So in fairness, he's been defending well, his reputation well, ever since. Well, an inside forward would have been right because I was yeah. an inside forward, like. Yeah, he said. Uh, he said I could have named five great centre forwards, but the question I was asked was wingers and inside forwards, and that's what Mick Leach was. Not a centre forward. He wore the number yeah. ten shirt. He wasn't no. a winger. Yeah, it wasn't. No, a, but like, we, it was kind of like either or. Yeah. Because of different formations back then, we kind of gave him more yeah, scope to he, put him in. He wears the number ten shirt. The, 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 no, yeah, sake. the numbers are the incident. Like, but like, <laughs> a winger was to be a winger. You have to be a natural winger. I, I, I don't know if you agree with me. Look, when I think winger from the modern era for me, I think like Billy Denny. That's what I think when I think of yeah, a winger. Yeah, yeah. Hugs the touch line, you, takes players yeah, on. Yeah, I'm going to say something about a winger. The player's a winger, a wide player. Yeah. It's the hardest position to play in the field if you're not a natural winger, right? Yeah. Because it's a nightmare. you have only one way to go. Yeah. Like, you have to like more or less you can't 
change that side or that side. Like, you have to, like, you have to and talk and go, yeah, because the touchline is there, and you go wide, you're going all over the touchline. And then you're totally reliant on your colleagues yeah. to get the ball to you. It's a very lonely place to play outside right or outside left. Yeah. Because you're totally reliant that your right half or your full back or your centre half or your midfield player has got to go and get that ball to you. If you're not getting the ball, you're doing nothing. Yeah. Like, a, a wing back is a different situation. Oh, now, totally, because yeah, you're in the game yeah, all yeah. the time. But we reckon if the if you were to make a Rovers dream team, a lot of fans would have yourself and Gary Twig. Um, do you think Gary Twig would have done well in the sixties? Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like he was a quality player. He he certainly would have done well. Yeah. The best player you've ever played with and against in your career. So, if if anyone thinks, who, who can answer this one quickest? Paddy Mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> so the best player you've played with or against? And against. Well, well uh, uh, leave Paddy out, but the best, <laughs> the best player I have ever played with is, and I have to say, in all honesty, Frank O'Neill was probably the most talented, right? Mm -hmm. But the best pound for pound player, week in week, it was pound Johnny Fulham. Like was Johnny Fulham. Yeah, Fulham was great. Great. And what about against? It could be an individual performance, it could be anything. Well, somebody that you thought even on the day you thought that was that was unbelievable or maybe could be over a couple of years maybe a defender you couldn't get past yeah, yeah. there was always one defender that there was a fellow played for Waterford a, a redheaded fellow I think his name was um, oh Jesus I can't remember his name but I, f I fucking hated playing <laughs> not Peter Bryan no, no 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 he played midfield I, I can't Jesus I'm trying to remember his name but even though I had good success against Waterford, but every time I played against him, I could never get a kick at the ball. No. He just was one fellow that could blank you out of the game. Yeah, he was just a man-to-man yeah. marker, and yeah. he'd follow you everywhere. He wouldn't care where the ball was, where a fellow that wanted to play be looking for the ball or whatever. He yeah. just went with you and just put you... Yeah. <laughs> As the name just escaped me. And that Waterford team of the 60s? Yeah. Well, late sixties, redhead. Have you got this? Would well, you played in the sixty-eight well, final? No. No. Well, the prophet's head is buried in a book. This is only a cup final. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, um, what about you, Paddy? Best player at, against at, at, at any level or any level? Well, and Pele. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just drop that one in there. Is this in the states. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You go. Yeah. You have there the lads. Yeah. <laughs> George Best. Georgie, drop George a few Best. more if you want. George Best was George was magnificent. And Tex Eusebio. Yeah. I know. Here, Carlos. Name just, drop. Just, just, just stop the podcast. Come on, I tell you, we played against Power together and Eusebio was playing. Yeah. Right. And I grew up as annoying. Eusebio yeah. was, like, he was the European Pele. Like, he was your number one, was he? Well, no, he was. Until the night we played against him. <laughs> Yeah, he, he didn't get a kick at the football. <laughs> he was the worst player on the field. Really? And yeah. the Brazilian crowd built him off the field because he was always compared with Pele. And obviously they had Pele at the pedestal up here. Yeah. Right? But you save your... I'd say he was, was gone at that stage. I'd say he was on the piss all week because yeah. he never got a kick at the ball. And I tell the story, we were coming off the pitch and I was walking off with him and he asked me to swap. I said, you fucking go. <laughs> 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 Just be one more. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll yeah. ask your best and worst Franz Beckenbauer Franz Beckenbauer he's still gone he's still gone yeah Gerrit Muller oh, some, some fucking fabulous players okay what about best League of Ireland play you played with or against 
best League of Ireland player that I played with. I'd be going along with Mick with Johnny Fulham. Um, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, Fulham was a smashing player. You want to have a look at this while we ask Paddy some questions? This is Waterford goal scorers. You can keep reading page by page. I don't think he scored a goal for Waterford. But uh, yeah, if he so one though, he'd be there. So. so your best and worst moment in football, Paddy. The worst moment was Liam Toomey's first international match. He played Austrian Linz, we got beaten six nothing. Jesus. And I had I was at Chelsea, I was out injured, but I came back that week and I said I pleaded with Sexton to let me go rather than playing the reserves to play with in the international. What a fucking bad decision that was. <laughs> six nil. No, it was awful. It was horrible. And it was all it was all League of Ireland players, apart from myself. Yeah. Uh, stupid. That's, that's, that sounds that's like how a shit show. disorganised they were on a Sunday in in, in Linz. Well, I'm going to tell you something about that match. Right? I played in that you match. Played in there well, was ten you? League of Ireland players playing and Paddy yeah. Roy. And fairness to Paddy, a great respect for him because he turned up and other well-known players who wouldn't bother their arse turned yeah. up Roy. But I missed four golden chances that oh, night. Great chances that day. And yeah. it was six nil, right? Yeah. But Any other day, you'd probably knock them well, in. It could, it? it could have been six four or six five. Like yeah. I'm gonna yeah. tell you that honestly. So like I know the performance, the result is the important thing. But in actual fact, the performance wasn't that because that team. It was incredible played, that we created yeah, so many yeah, chances. I'm gonna tell you, Paddy. That team played a full Irish team in Daly Mount a few months afterwards, right? And Betches far won and the Joyles, like they had a full complement of players. Right, right, so, right. So it was a decent team. I wasn't playing that night. No, no, well, 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 well I'm saying <laughs> to you, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, that they were Sorry. a hell of a good team, lads. And I'd like to think that um, we wasn't, be, just because there was League of Ireland players on it, the team itself was... He's buried in a book here. Look, he's losing his losing the trade. Oh, well, let, let he's trying to find his no, this best defender. Well, Stafford, I think his name was Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. From the funeral. Tony Carter. Stafford. <laughs> no, Tony Stafford. Wasn't Fred Stafford, was it? Your best moment in football, buddy. It's a tough one. It is. It's always a tough one, isn't it? Beaten, beaten France. 1-0 in, in uh, Lansdowne in the World Cup in 77. Wow. And we should have been going to Argentina, but out in Bulgaria, the referee contrived to, to rob us, and in Paris as well. So the Tories did bad against that French then, team yeah. was, remember, was some performance. Remember that night we played in Dynamo? We, we, we beat French, them 2-1. We beat them 2-1. Two, two. Two one. That, that, was, that was a great performance. Own hands go to win us. Yeah. That, that yeah. was yeah. It yeah. was on the. That was seventy two. That was a brilliant. That was seventy two. Yeah. 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 But that the, the French team of seventy seven. Yeah. Was better yeah. Again. Yeah. Because Patini was there and Rashido was there and Tracer was there and yeah. and Cease was there. Yeah. Oh, there's some fucking players. But no, I, I take your point. That that game in seventy two, was was a great night in Dalymont. It was a magnificent, we, magnificent we, performance. When people talk about running that qualifying. Tilly was managing that. Yeah. Night. That qualifying group for the World Cup was Ireland, France, and the Soviet Union, right? Yeah. The Soviet Union was 30 odd countries, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, we played them in Lansdowne now, they bet us 2 1. Yeah. We, we bet France 2 1. Like, yeah. I mean, we were only in the, we in the Nasses Road. And we got beaten. We got beaten one nil in, 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 in Moscow. Yeah, and don't forget of the, uh, of, of the groups. 
only eight teams went to the, yeah. the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you take a group now with Ireland and you have Latvia, Lithuania, like Gibraltar, Jesus, Patrick's beat them. Yeah. 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 That's well, I, remember, I remember we were losing one day in, in Russia yeah. and I played Maya Denny through, but only the keeper the beat to make it one each and he fucking fell over the buff. <laughs> You're uh, best and worst man in the football, Nick. Look, but Paddy, your best moment is if you get a chance to represent your country. Yeah. And like, I'll add that, add that a little bit to it. Was I scored a goal against uh, Iran in Brazil? In Brazil, yeah. And yeah. there was the first goal that scored for Ireland. So like that compliments. Yeah. Like, that, that, that feeling, yeah. that rush. Yeah. We beat uh, them. What, did we beat them two nothing? We day? beat them two one. Two one, wasn't yeah. it? Dan scored, and we, we were goal down, and yeah. we beat them two one. And we beat Ecuador 3-2. Yeah. We got beaten by Portugal 2-1. 2-1, got beaten yeah. by, by uh, Chile 2-1. Yeah. 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 So since we're on the topic of scoring goals, mate, can you think of a favourite Rovers goal? Probably the one from the halfway line. <laughs> it was in your own half. It's it's 60, 60 hours now. 60 hours now. But <laughs> say... Again, yeah, what came to your mind I, there? I think, I think the first goal in the cup final against Patrick's to me, that would have been. I mean, I, if you ask me, I scored better goals against Waterford in the final, and I scored better goals against Cork in the final. But mm. the goal I scored against Pats, the fact that was the fourth goal, was my fourth goal. Yeah, that, that yeah. sort of, yeah. yeah. And uh, you still get along to games, Mick, whenever you can. Yeah. Uh, who's your favourite player in the current team? Look, I'd always go for an attacking player and I'd say I'd be happy. I, I tell you who's done well for overs, I think, recently. is Arden Green. I yeah. think he's come into form and he works very hard up front. He's a very hard walking player, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. What about Jack Bourne? What are your thoughts on him? Look, Jack Bourne has great potential and I mean... It's, he should be realising that he's 24, well, well, is he? Well, well, 24 well, 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 now. Yeah, he, he couldn't get the yeah. young player of the year. Well, his whole situation is that he's had to be in over the city. He was at Wigan. He was at Oldham. He was with everything. Blackburn. And we all Marnock. know that he has he's he has choice. the capabilities of playing it, but it's getting his head right. That's I think. Why I think coming back to Rovers is what he needed. Regular football and yeah. just. Playing constantly because it's it's. Well, but look, well, you yeah. take Graham Bourke, right? I mean, like he came back and all of a sudden he's at the redevelopment of his career. He went over. How long did he last yeah, over he there? He's back home straight again. back. Yeah, he was on loan at Gillingham and yeah, then he came yeah. straight back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like Richie Toll and all fellas who excelled in the League of Ireland yeah. and he went over and so. Well, Richie took a quick book, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, he, went, he dropped down three leagues to Salford. So yeah, I know he's, he's playing with Salford yeah. now, but he wasn't getting a regular uh, game. With, I think uh, he was with Rodham. Well, well, I think Rodham, he was. He was in Championship and he was playing league. See, to, to me, it's all it's, it's very very false because the, the the volume of players that are over there, but none of them are at the top six clubs. Yeah, very true. Yeah, who's mm. at the top six clubs? It's nobody. That's 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 very true. Yeah, that's we actually. The, have, that's the problem. It's all very well going to fucking Gillingham and Rotherham. Jesus Christ, Aldershot. When your day was the top, yeah. the top clubs. You have to be. You have to be. You were going only going to the top clubs. You know, and that was the way it was before my time. When you look at Cantwell at West Ham and yeah. Cantwell at Man United, mm. look at Sayward at Aston Villa. There was very few players who went over to play for Gillingham or Rotherham. Yeah. The only fellow I know who went away 
was Damien, Damien Richardson, who went to Gillingham. Yeah. And now, yeah, and then he went down to be manager What the fuck is he doing going to Gillingham? This is serious. You said that at the time. What the fuck is he doing going to Gillingham? It wouldn't dawn me. I mean, I was turning down Everton. Yeah. To stay with Rovers. Yeah. <laughs> so they were, were they second division at the time getting them I know I think they were division 3 division 3 south or something no they were that low but it wouldn't matter if they were yeah. division 2 or division 3 it wouldn't yeah. matter I think still, we're, um, still to this day they're not top 6 I ne- no, no I never understand I, I, I haven't said that I'd like to ask Damien was there some reason that he went there had he got any connection there or whatever I don't know because they, yeah. he was really careful and fingless couldn't wrap your head around it no but then there's a lot, a lot that Damien fucking did that none of us are rapper fucking heads around. <laughs> Especially his program notes. Always have. Oh. When, when, when he goes off on a tangent about the Corleone fucking mountains, where the hell does he go? When he was doing the commentary on it, like the, the, the words you try and what happened to ask him? Jesus, Damien, would you speak air language? Would you let us no, no chance of that. So, have you been following our run to the cup final, and did you watch that brilliant win over Bowles in the semis? Oh yeah, of course. Brilliant stuff, I thought. Oh yeah, it was great stuff. It was a magic night. Yeah. It's just going to be a very difficult game for the cup final against a very seasoned and dark team. Seasoned is a great way to describe them. Yeah, well, that's what they are. They've been there. They've been. Mm. They know what. If you're but on a off. But if you're a betting man, you'd have to say the <coughs> Would be the favourites, like I tell you. Oh, yeah, they yeah, will be. They will I, be. I, I was equated to when we played Waterford in the 68 final. Waterford came with great reputation, yeah, four or five leagues on the throw. And yet, on the day, it's all about it's on all the day. Who yeah. turns yeah. up? Yeah, it could be a bad yeah. referee decision. Oh, Somebody yeah. makes a mistake. It could like, be, it could be lashing around. The pitch it. could be slippy. Yeah, and I feel that in all fairness. Somebody's liking like this. Somebody's positivity now. Well, like in this. all fairness, I feel that. The Aviva Stadium will suit Rovers style of play. I think, I, think, I think the big open spaces will like, but against that, I mean, the dark are going for the treble. The new manager, which he's done a great job for them, let's be fair. Vinnie Perth, yeah. He wants it to get his, a treble under his belt. That's only been done once before by Rovers. Yeah. So the motivation is there for them to win it. But I still think, like, Rovers are obviously motivated. <laughs> the motivation's there for yeah. Rovers but my heart says Rovers my head yeah, says Sunderland yeah. but I still think Rovers have a great chance I think what I'm looking yeah. forward to most is in, in games this season when it came to like the likes of Bowles and Dundalk when we played them Jack was he was smothered like he had no space and yeah. he thrives in space yeah, well, so I'm looking forward to a well, big pitch space, like the space that you have it's up to him now to, to go and get his head that's right that's exactly what I want and, he was and, asked and last night like, at the awards he was like about the Aviva and was like yeah I was showing the lads around the Aviva you know <laughs> he's already yeah. played there. Yeah. No, he's been there. Yeah, I saw him come on against Bulgaria and he and he did very well, but it'd be a different type of game against him yeah. dog. But it's up to him. He's got to he's got to inflict his personality on that game. But in fairness to him, Paddy needs to grab he, has, he, yeah. he hasn't done that in the big matches. Well that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying to you know, games, He's got to do this he's now. He's been anonymous in yeah. 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 But he's got to do this. Like against Finn Harbs when they're winning three 0 he's great. He's oh, that's, yeah, ball, that's yeah. easy. But when it comes to and unfortunately, he hasn't done it up to that now. And I'd say, even fellas, if I was assessing him coming on from England, I'd say, I'd, you look like at the top games. I'd like to see him doing it in those yeah. games. But that's the, that's, yeah. that's the games that you have to produce. Yeah, I know, that's, that's really we were talking earlier about how Robbers were just expected to win cup after cup, and now we haven't won it in 32 years. So if I had said to you in 1969 that Robbers would only win four more cups 
in the next 50 years? Would you believe me? No, I would have said that's an impossibility. I would have thought that. Yeah. They'd win at least four out of every ten. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I felt it would have been. Yeah. So the tradition is so strong at, at, at Roberts that you, you, you just, the expectation is always there and always will be until, until they start winning cups again. So for the lads who are going to play in this final now on Sunday week, describe the feeling of from the moment you wake up that morning to stepping out on the pitch. What's it like to play in a cup final? The occasion. Well, I don't think that the present players would have the expectations because they don't know what it's like to win the cup. They don't know what it's like for the pressure to be on them to win mm. cups. Like this is a, t- a new group of players. I mean, mm. most of them have been only with Rovers for two years at the most. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they're going out without the expectation. The expectation is on behalf of the supporters more than the players. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. But at the same time, the players get into a final. You want to win it. Forget about what people expect. You want to win it for yourself. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but have have no have no fear factor yeah. about it, and get out get out and express yourself and enjoy yourself, and you, and you can go and do that in cup finals. How they approach it mentally is going to be huge as well, yeah. isn't it? Well, they have to be confident of their own ability for a start, and they they have to make to they have to make things happen, not wait for things to happen, not give the initiative to the dog, take the initiative away from the dog right from the very start, mm. and start putting them on, on, under the cosh. And if they do that, they'll have a great chance of, of, of winning the game. And for the players that... But they have to do it. And they have to, be, they have to be relaxed in their own mind. And that's up to the manager. To get them relaxed in their own mind. It's another game. I was never, well, I was well, never under pressure. Well, I was well, never under pressure in a cup final. We had to go out and win a cup final. Even my first one. Let's go yeah, out and do it. Well, from, from two gentlemen who have played for Ireland and have played League of Ireland who are seasoned legends in the league... For, for for you to go out and win a cup like this do the, the players need to know what it means to win the cup and it's the holy grail for Rovers and that's what we're trying to get through to them every week is to just get a snippet of information into them and just people no, like yourself but, uh, you, but then uh, you'd have to say he's putting pressure on them to do, doing that you know it's more mean? inspiration yeah. that well, we're trying yeah. to go well, for there shouldn't be any unnecessary pressure on them because yeah. they'll be under enough pressure but as I think it's it up is. to the manager to yeah. inspire them yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stephen is a big, yeah. big job for the next week, and his coaching staff. Yeah, they've yeah. got a huge job to make sure that these players' heads are in the right place. Forget about their bodies; bodies are going to be fine. Their heads are in the right place, and they know exactly what they have to do on that Sunday. Yeah, that's and, your job. You and do treat it. it as just another game. Forget about it being a cup final. It's just another game that has to be won. That's how. That's well. That's that's the way that's I went into it in the sixties. You know, and you, I'm sure you were the same. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it was. I never felt that, like, Liam certainly was a manager of great ability. He'd never come to you, you fucking have to win today. You know, <laughs> there was never that look, lads, never at that. the cup final. You've got here, yeah. it's go a great occasion. Yeah. Just go out and play as you've normally played. And enjoy yourself yeah. and express yourself. Mm. And, and mm. I remember the 65 cup final, my first one, and it was a rocky horror show of a game <laughs> because Mike Doyle got his leg broken the Limerick left winger mm, and you could hear the fucking crack all over the pitch and just everybody went into the shell but on the Wednesday night the game was totally different mm. and it had to be but totally different and yes we were lucky to go and win one nothing because they, they worked a great free kick against us Alfred Newton got in behind the, the, yeah. our, our wall and, and, uh, and hit it wide but that's what you get. You get you get luck in that. But you must you must use your own luck. But if the if the lads held, if they're mentally tuned in to exactly what each player has got to do, get your own job done first. Then help out your 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 colleagues. Yeah. And help out your colleague and help out your colleague. 
and you're in business but get your own job done first and foremost and you're on your way I, I'd agree with Paddy I think it's how Rovers approach it I think forget about them though I think it's oh, Rovers yeah. you know you, you respect get them get them out of your head you respect them but at the same time it's about how you approach yeah. it yeah. how you play don't be, don't be in awe of them don't yeah. be in fear of them Jesus it's, 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 it's a game of football and because they've been league champions mm. what five out of the last six seasons and uh, gone for a treble that's all the more reason to knock them off yeah knock them off oh the they think they're going they think they're going to get, get a treble here fuck off forget it yeah we'll sort these out you'll actually be a guest of honour at the Aviva so will you be wined and dined I don't know I was only told hope so I, was, <laughs> I only got word about this I've been away I only came home and I was told that uh the uh, I, I didn't know whether it was an FAO thing or it was a Shamrock Rovers thing so I don't know what do you know now what, what is it well, I don't know they're not to tell me but we don't know either so, <laughs> come in with you this bar, right? so last thing give us your prediction each for the final well I think Rovers will win now I'm going along with Rovers win the cup Rovers win 2-0 Oh, there we go. go. So that's that is it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, yeah, uh, you too, really, guys. Really Great to see you. Really enjoyed that one. So, so I definitely have a hope we're going to be on each other's company next Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you after all this time, mate. No problem. Brilliant. Really Thank you very much indeed, guys. I said that was the two lads. Excellent stuff, bro. Fantastic. You were saying possibly one of your best. Your favourite. One of the most enjoyable ever. Like, it's just, I think it was, I think you'd probably enjoy more if you were actually physically here because they had a great camaraderie. And you could see, like, there's 50 years of. Yeah. Like experiences there between the two of them, between playing international football, winning cups, winning leagues. Spitty couldn't mosh it at home, but Mick had his arm around Paddy's shoulder for virtually the whole two and a half hours. And and not to mention that he was pushing him off the chair at least three <laughs> or four times, messing with him. Like the two of them were just having the crack. They were you can see that they've shared a lot of experiences. Yeah, they're genuine, like not a drop of drink mates. between the two of them. Yeah. Not a drop of drink. Plenty of, of stories with the ladies, but not a drop of drink. <laughs> McCarthy had warming about that. It was like, Diet Coke, Carol. Yeah. The two of them. Diet <laughs> Coke. But uh, yeah, Mick Leach, five goals in three FBI Cup finals. And he's still the last Rawers player to score five goals in one game. That was a 10 2 win over Finn Harps in 1969. Over 50 goals in a season as well. Yeah, that's right. I love Up the there with like Twiggy status, really. When you think about his goals yeah. to games ratio and what he did. Absolutely, Gary. Probably your best ever winger. I can't, I can't believe, like after talking to him, looking up his status or his, his profile, <laughs> and all, how could you put him as a winger? Pacey winger, hold the touchline, dude. Unbelievable. I love the pick that we're using for SoundCloud this week. It's when you chased him out, out the garden, from, was it? Uh, no, that's the the current day photo. I'm talking about the Pico and Joey. The one from the 60s that we're going to be using. Oh, right, right, right. So I've got them in the dressing room. I'm not sure what year it is, but one to six in a row. So you've got you got Mick just behind Biddy Lord. And on the right, you've got, bottom right, you've got Paddy Mulligan. So if you're looking at it as I'm speaking, that's a spread of the air. Biddy Lord, by the way, when I interviewed Mick Leach the first time, he mentioned him. And he said that he would come on the pitch and the cigarette would be in his mouth all the time. And then the ash would be dropping onto you. So the joke was the ash would drop onto your leg and that, and that would be the cure. Yeah, that's it. That's the hot rocks yeah. all over you. Couldn't yeah. use the shorts again. Yeah, character that fella. Yeah, so it really was enjoyable. And um, yeah, so we're going to move on to some of our 
regular news now and the results of our all-time 11 striker poll was Mick Bourne 48 votes Alan Campbell 28 Paddy Ambrose tore in and Damian Richardson now probably one of the lowest vo- voting turnouts on this one yeah that was low on the right but Mick uh, Bourne like you said storming people, home on this one people who didn't see him play are kind of staying out yeah. with the voting I'd say I'd say about 40 of those votes were Mick Bourne himself creating <laughs> different uh, profiles <laughs> Nah, good old Mick. He's a, a a friend of the show. So, uh, and that completes our eleven. So, the this is the, our best eleven of all time pre Milltown. Yep. So here we go. We're gonna go four four two, obviously. So Al Nami. Well, not obviously. You might have to go four three three to Ooh, figure yeah. out this leech conundrum. Yeah, I know. Jesus, yeah, we're we're stuck here. Actually, could be four three three. But either way, we'll discuss the formation another time. So we've Al Nail, Hardy Kenny, Pierre Eccles, Jack McDonough, John Cody. John Giles, Pat Bourne, Frank O'Neill, Mick Leach, Alan Campbell and Mick Bourne. So we'll let all the, the Milltown diaspora figure this one out and uh, yeah. give us their, their best formation and what they think. And we've also completed our uh, 1987 to present day team. So for this one, for this striker poll, we asked you to post number one, number two instead of a standard poll. And I only counted people who voted properly. So if you're messing... I didn't count you, right? <laughs> so, 66 people voted Twiggy as their first choice. Uh-huh. Who two, didn't? Two people voted him as the second choice. No way. Uh, the only other person who got a, a number one pick out of the four, the, the options were Gary Twig, Tony Cousins, Stephen Gagan, Desi Baker. The only other person Cuzo. was Cuzzo. Mm. Four people picked him as his as number one. 28 people picked him as number two. Mm-hmm. So Desi Baker, twenty six people picked him as number two. So that well, that was close. Okay. And thirteen people picked Gago as number two. So that means Gary Twig and Tony Cousins. What a lineup! Make our team. So it's as follows. Here we go. Alan Manis in yes. goal. Pat Sullivan right back. Okay. Centre back Stan Murray and Lee Grace. Left back Enda Stevens. Oh, you went for Sivers, but go on. On the wings, Paddy McCart and Billy Dennehy. Oh. Sender mid, Jack Byrne, Stephen Rice. And up front, Gary Twig, Tony Cousins. What a team. Yep. What a team. So, yeah, enjoyable experiment that we had there for the last few weeks. Some goals in that. Some goals yeah. in that. Really enjoyed all the chats and uh, the debates. And that oh, was good stuff. So, we'll probably move on to our worst one now, which will be probably a lot more enjoyable. Spark yep. a lot more debates. Was we're going to talk about the game now. We beat Cork 3 0 on Friday. And uh, 1899 Props could be back. It's been a while. Gary was witnessed in the 1899 bar. Finally back, Millen Points. It's great. Yeah. Great. Really missed it. And uh, the usual carry on beforehand. So it was a bit of crack in the bar. And Millen the Guinness. But um, yeah, Dan Fulham was back as well. And straight onto the onto the DJ boot. Yeah. Uh, Straight off the plane, and uh, Dublin Airport Rivals is heaving with hoops from America, including Dan. Uh, we've got America, England, Portugal, Australia, Poland, Germany, Spain, uh, all coming home for the cup final. One from Denmark as well, I think that was missing there, but yeah, probably Kevin McCormick, yeah. is it? Can, can we count uh, Dan Fulham as a hoops homecoming because it feels like he's back every month? I know, yeah, he's always yeah. back. Did you see his video? It's no, I didn't even watch it. Yeah, it's a cringe. Dan Fulham <laughs> says. Love to win the trophy. <laughs> he actually said trophy, not cup gear. Get out uh, of the club. 
But yeah, um, a lot of people coming home for like it's that's no mean feat coming home. Like I mean, for a couple of days just for a trophy. So fair, fair play to everybody, um, especially coming home Australia and that. So. Uh, Brad's program notes, Prof. I thought this was brilliant. I told you they were good. Yeah, they did. They knocked me socks off. And if you haven't read them, definitely do your best to try and, and get a hold of them because it's uh, it's powerful. Very powerful. It is. It, yeah. it hits home and it's it really is relevant to what's going on at the moment at the club. So definitely, especially when he addresses the, the banner from last year, which immediately when I heard that, I was definitely going to read it. So Yeah, I love how I got into the, the bar and Carol Curran says, I actually just bought this program. Because of what you said on the podcast. There you go. Because I advertised what, what Bradshaw was going to say. Uh, I was caught out by the 7.45 kickoff. I think maybe, I don't know if a few people were, but... Yeah, and the end of the season, they always just go together, don't they? Yeah. Quarter E. I suppose if you're in a battle like 2010, where, you know, you're in a title race, and it could come down the goal difference, and it makes sense to, to The bar as well, time. actually. The bar, I mean, it was a, it's become a little more strict now as well, isn't it? I mean, half seven we were we were cut off for points. Um, I don't think we could get a gargle at half time. Could we? No, we did get one. Did get one. I I got one of the rare times that I went to the bar at half time because it was just end of season fair. Yeah. And I didn't care if I missed the goal. But um, yeah, it's something becoming a little bit more strict and harder to to stick around and have a point now. So should have played the year. There wasn't even any 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 uh, any drink to be had. Yeah, the Paul O'Dwyer was very happy with his Tifties and Club merch. I'd he, say so. He was yeah. one of our prize winners. He correct, Bumper, bumper prize winner. Correct, correctly predicted uh, every matchup in questions from the East End from the quarterfinals onwards. Uh, he also mentioned that he is also a Drimna Castle alumni, just like Pico Lopez and Joey O'Brien. Yeah. So that was a nice coincidence. They're doing something right down in Drimna, are they? Yeah, young Daniel Kyo, joint winner. You're going to have to come and find us for your prize. Yeah. Uh, maybe Abo and Sunday or something just come find us yeah come and find us and we'll look at you I saw Sean Keane the stand gear and we just looked at each other and shook our heads <laughs> <laughs> the poor man the pain I'm delighted absolutely delighted <laughs> the pain was still raw yes oh, I love it love to see it so uh, the crowd prof or sorry the team team was Manus Joey Grace uh, Lopez, Cavo, Finn, Jack McAniff, O'Neill, Bork and Green. So the first thing we said when we saw that team was is that the team that's going to start the final? Very well, could be. O'Neill and Bulger is probably the big debate. Um, it depends. It's the only debate really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, can you see anything else? Can you see a difference? No, no I can't and see even, it Even the subs, right? Bulger and Frugia came on at half time. I think they'll be our first two subs in the final. Frugia is a very, very fucking good sub to have. Hmm. With the control and pace and everything else that you can bring to the game, you know, definitely a good sub to introduce. It could depend, of course. Are we chasing the game? Are we trying to hold on to a lead? Yeah, very much so. I mean, but those are two good subs to have. Yeah. If we're if we're holding on to the lead, Bulger's great to bring on. For chasing the fruit, is just as good. So, I mentioned Big Al uh, being ever present as uh, the first first goalkeeper since Big Al himself in 2010 to do it. So he's broke his own record. And um, yeah, Brazer said that he had talked to him about it, and he said he didn't want to be left out. He wanted to be ever present for a season. So oh, yeah, that was actually a factor. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, because I said that did I said that previously it did annoy me before in previous seasons. You know, like Craig Hyland got thrown in the last few games, 
Horgan got shown in for the last couple yeah, of games. Yeah, it'd be different if we had a prospect. Like, I mean, mm. yeah, I think best bet was to keep him in, make him ever present. And um, the crowd prof was quite poor and are decent from them. That was a decent crowd, 200 yeah, maybe. it wasn't bad. Yeah, considering they're, they're not, I wouldn't say they're on the up, but it's a fresh start for them under Fenn. And it's a big, big job they have in their hands to turn that club around. But uh, yeah, no, decent crowd from the fair play. Plus the weather didn't help. Uh, it's Baltic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was rain and it was cold. Uh, did, did you hear the Ultras' new song? Ah, oh, the Italian type one. I think they got it from Hibs or something. Either way, it's dead. Because the one that keeps going on and it on. It just goes on yeah, forever. That's dead. Yeah. Really into that. And uh, Dan Fulham, troublemaker he is, he was throwing Davy off his chant. You know, his, his robber's chant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan would would, uh, would step in and answer before Davy would. <laughs> would <he? laughs> yeah, that was good. Davy cracking up. Ultras had a tribute to Rennie as well. I was I was good to see. Had a what? Tribute to Rennie. Oh, yeah. It must have been the anniversary, was it? Yep. Good old Rennie. Um, so, all in all, I mean, it's just... It's all about the cup final now, you know? I know it doesn't excuse the bad attendance, but still, it's 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 all about the cup final. And uh, Jack Bourne, let's talk about this goal, 17 minutes. I, I had literally just walked up, got into the stand, turned around, and Jack did this. I don't think it could have been any more in the top corner. I know sometimes when you're in the south stand and you see a goal go in, you think it's unstoppable, but the replay could possibly be into the middle of the goal or it's not as much of a cracker as yeah. you thought. This is a stunning finish. He could not have played this anymore. In the oh, the keeper just stood there. The keeper is the keeper said all. The keeper did not even make an attempt at trying to see. He no. just he just watched it and was like, "I'm not getting near. Gone. I'm, not, I'm not getting near that. top corner. Absolute cracker. Jesus Christ! Some random stats. Uh, the trilogy here. Uh, Jack scored nine goals this season. Well, he's one more game to go, but nine goals. Nine goals. Seven of those came in Tata. The only ones outside had was that brace in Waterford. Yeah. And there's a Twitter account posting stats from, from the end of the season and he said that Aaron Green was the highest left-footed goal scorer. He got nine. And we are the highest scoring left-footed team in the league as in we scored 24 goals with our left foot. That comes back to Bucket's yeah. stat as well during yeah. the week. But all, all left footers. Not as shy a stat as, uh, as he said. <laughs> Here's one you'd like though. Jack Byrne was the highest goal scorer from 18 yards or more. Ooh, he scored six times. And we're the highest scoring team from 18 yards or more. 15. Scoring belters all the time. 15. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of long rangers. Yeah. We have had them in fairness. Yeah. There you go. So that is the stats. And then we Borky again stepping up. Sorry, Jacko with an assist. 2-0, 26 minutes. Lee Grace, uh, rising highest. And yeah. uh, downward header. Keeper could have been could have been a bit better for it, but it was a good yeah. header. A great, great assist. Jacko headed it, again. Headed it into the ground. Yeah. And, the old, old school classic. The great stuff. Yeah, another Jack Byrne assist. Uh, a lot of people ask him what his total is. I'm not sure if it's 20 or... I thought it's it was more than 20, 20 to be honest. I think it's gone over it 20 this gone stage. It has gone over at this stage, yeah. But what a, what a return. I mean, unbelievable stuff. So I love that he has a trademark corner-taking routine. I know, yeah. The little jig with the, the legs. Shuffle. I'm surprised there's not more players who have a trademark thing. I don't think they... like Think about how good he is 
and I don't think there's many people on his level in the league, so he can afford to do that. As in, it's a bit of a showboating thing. <laughs> Whereas if you saw like some random or off cove ramblers doing it, and he's fucking up most of the time, he's not playing well. I don't think it'd look as good. So yeah. I think Jack can afford to kind of have a little bit of a swagger and shimmy. Right. So uh, yeah, half time. More points. It's pity we weren't on the PA again, Garrett, because uh, Joel Custron was uh, subbed off for Cork. I saw that, yeah. Apparently he could be in our squad next week. Like, he's back. Yeah. So he's, he's back training with us. So is Bowen. If they're still contracted. So they're still officially our players that are back training. Am I right? Well, I understand that Sam Bowen... It was a loan, but he's definitely not coming back. Right. Whereas well, if, the if they're contracted, then they're still like squad members and they're back in the because squad. Because we said goodbye to Sam Bone. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah. It's but is, I, don't know if, I don't know if Joel has, has come back or yeah, it's a what strange story is. But a lot of people uh, very impressed by Fruja in this game. Come on the second half. Real old school winger. Deadly. His, his control is amazing. Yeah. And it's something that we don't really have at the moment. For such a tall player as well. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to seeing more of this guy out wide. Um, yeah, so half time points, and then back on for the match. And I had a there was a, there was just a real cool feel about the second half. Everybody's just in a good mood and talking about what's going on in the final. And then finally on a uh, seventy four minutes, Borky steps up, and once again keeper was Borita. Mm-hmm. Free kick left hand side, and uh, I think that's his first free kick for us, isn't it? I, I can't think of another one. Not off the top of my head. I think it was Long Rangers. It's, he's taken one before. I remember he cracked a post and Limerick once with a free mm. kick. But I can't think I of can't think scoring, of scoring one, one now. Yeah. We're open for correction on that one. Yeah. Uh, Pat Dolan was at this game. He's been at a few games in Tala this year. Yeah, he's kind a bit of, of a randomly. fan, isn't he? Yeah, you see him in the Swedes sometimes. And uh, he was wondering why Jay Maloney was, was beside him. And he was wondering why Maloney was getting so animated towards the end of the game. Because he wanted so desperately for us to keep that clean sheet. Yeah. Because, of course, that was a record 21 clean sheets. So we, we held on to that. And, of course, we got our joint record 23rd win. Yeah. And the first two lads that came out to me in the tunnel after was Gare. Pico and Joey. Pico and Joey. Joey came over to me shaking his head. He says, got me tactics wrong. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> Because he said Pico wouldn't have got those. Pico wasn't getting those sort of harder European and English football questions. Yeah. Whereas if you just sort of let him get them. Because Pico... like he might have stolen yeah, them, you Because Joey, Joey was what did have tactics. Like He was looking at it at the, at, at the subjects thinking, I'll leave Pico with that one. And I'll take a chance with this one. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, yeah, he felt he got it wrong, yeah? Well, he deliberately left the maths to the end and he avoided the Roberts question. And one of the Roberts questions was the Pat Byrne one, you know? If he had just sort of said, be more confident in that one, he, that would have been a point in his favour. It was very close in the end, wasn't the it? The maths one, yeah, the maths one was interesting yeah. anyway. Pico is a bit of a buff at maths anyway, so. Yeah. Got to mention, before he sat down to do the quiz, <laughs> Joey just he sits down and he's like, I want the five of the bookies. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joey said. Yeah. Remember we actually did odds last year. Uh, who ended? I think, I think Borky. we had you 66 to 1. <laughs> I don't know who decided those I can't odds. remember who it was. Eh? I think it was Dan Fulham. Yeah. Um, Bit of feedback from listeners, Gary. People not impressed by your performance in the final. 
Yeah, now in fairness, you've been fluffing questions all season. I we fluffed the odd one. No big deal, no big deal. We'll get it, we, we, we even itself out, even itself out. Don't worry about it. Um, player of the year awards, prof, no drink. People, I, I think, uh, hashtag clubs gone was the yeah. big was the big hashtag. It's finished. Clubs finished, get out of club. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure, we haven't, like, it's, we, are we privy to find out why there was no drink? Should we be allowed now? It'd be interesting to see why there was none. Well, it was to allow the kids let, let the kids in. in. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know. Up in the air about that. We'll see. Didn't they have their day out the day the day after to meet meet and greet the players? Yeah. Eleven. So I don't know. Missed a few quid there, but then again, it could have been a Garda thing as well. Well, so. drink or not, it was. It was a good evening. Uh, a good evening. A good half an hour. A good a good half an hour. But uh, it was packed. Uh, Jack Byrne won Player of the Year. Who presented as it? expected. Con Murphy presented it. Remember last year when, you know, we were knocked down the first round of the Cup, Bowles beat us three times, third in the league, and Con brought up the Bowles defeats twice in a Player of the Year uh, end of season speech. Rightly so. Because mm. that was, it was a big, was a big like talking point. Yeah. But it was just so nice that it was just that was just the monkey was off our back. Second in the league, cup final to look forward to, you know, it was all positive. Jack had a few zingers. Uh Brando as well gave a speech. Nice to see him pick up an award. And uh did, what was did you you didn't get Brando's stats overall for the season, did you? As in appearances wise? Brando's stats. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many appearances he actually made. Yeah, look them up for you now. Um, but other than that, I mean Jack, well deserved. Pico was well up in there in the running. Um, Aaron Green, I mean, if only he had a took like half of the chances he missed at the start of the season. Like he improved majorly towards the end of it, but Jesus, some of the chances he missed were were just criminal at the start of the season. Brandon Kavanagh, six starts and seventeen sub appearances overall. Seventeen, that's a lot more than I thought. Mm. So six, so that's twenty three appearances. And Watts, Watts would have been the major contender there, so he would have started a lot more. Probably came on a lot less, but um, we got some special merit awards now. We Janie McBoyle, the long time Rovers videographer, and there are two long time program sellers, Ian Cavanagh and Jay Fitzgerald. So congrats to the lads. And this is something that they never know about, isn't it? They, it's always yeah, a surprise. Yeah, yeah. I was a complete surprise. Yeah, Joe's was uh, chuffed for his two good mates there, Ian and Jer, the program yeah. sellers. And uh, he referenced Ian, who does the quiz for Hoopsin. He infamously had a question: In what year did Finn Harps win the nineteen seventy four FA Cup final? <laughs> I bet you somebody's still got it wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, so that was the Player of the Year awards, Gare. And right at the end, which I thought was a nice touch, we uh, finally gave Dan Cleary a squad number. Dan Cleary, <laughs> two fingers. Um, yeah, so. Prof, you have some of the Mafia up next. I do, yeah. I got the whack. I got uh, Mick Hearn's son, Liam, and a couple of other gentlemen from the Pines. Just to get the Kinder Bino King? Just to get their thoughts on the Cup final, their plans and all that stuff. So just a quick chat about the Cup. Yeah, so um, here's the lads. So we're here to talk uh, Cup final day. So I'm going to ask uh, these four gentlemen for their plans for the day. And then we're still looking forward to the Cup final. So I'm going to start with the whack son, Liam. So give us your thoughts. 
How you doing? Um, so for the day we're starting off in the points about half ten, ten o'clock. Um, buses are organised and we're going to leave for Rings End about half twelve. Um, a few drinks at Rings End and then march on to Aviva um, for hopefully get the get the win and get the cup. And you like Mick McCarthy accounting the sleeps? Um, I'm not that far mixed a bit away in that in that regard, but uh, I, I am I am looking forward to it a lot. I think it'll be a great day out to be honest. It's gonna be it's gonna be special. I think I think we have a good chances to get of winning the cup. Alright, so give us your name and how much you're looking forward to the final. Yeah, Alan Keane. Um yeah, same trip as the lads. We're all going from the pines. Really looking forward to it. Uh I'm optimistic which worries me a little bit and I'd say the Ultras will put on a great show before the game. So yeah, I'm really looking forward. I think it's gonna be a great occasion and I'd say we'll I'd say we'll outnumber them two to one. And uh, I'd say if Jack does his business on the pitch, I'd really fancy us. Obviously, Aldred and Liam here, so have you seen us win a cup before? I have, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw the uh, the three in a row in uh, in the 80s and loved it. It's been such a long time since we've had a cup win and we're just living for it. We really we have to win this cup. We have to win it. So again, give us your name and your plans for the day. For the brain, uh, same as the lads, heading for the points, st- an early start, looking forward to that of course, looking forward to a few points down the ring's end, and looking forward to the final as well, I have a son that has never seen, has seen Rovers in Cup final, has never seen a win it, like young Liam there, and plenty of others, and uh, it's almost a fading memory now what it's like to win a cup, but I'm actually very, very confident, I think we won all the, the really big tests we've had this year, in Europe, we've beaten Bowles, finally in the league and we beat them in a big cup match and I'm very confident about today and uh, really looking forward to it like everybody else Were you there for the heartbreak in 91 2002 2010 absolutely um, my son along with Liam there was was a mascot uh, in the Derry final along with a bunch of other kids and uh, it'd be magic as much for myself certainly for those kids and, and plenty more like them this is this is the one I want to win for more, for them more than myself to be honest with you and I'm sure there's an, an awful lot of other people feel that way you know. Okay, so Mick, we all know about the bus running from the Pines breakfast deal ten euros. So tell us all about it. Yeah, well the breakfast deal is ten euros plus the down to the Viva and back with the Viva. Hopefully with a bit of silverware. We've now two buses full. We were thinking going to go for a tour room, but look, we're happy enough because basically the chef can't get out. 104 breakfast in two hours, so we, he's going to be battered in that kitchen. Even though we'll have a few lads in there helping them with the rashes and sausages but look that's going to set the day set the tone but it's, it's all about getting the prize and the prize has been so far in the past that I want to see it for the, for the young people that's never seen it. and that's what that's what will make it for me it's, it's, it's this long 32 year wait we've had some horror, horror, horror nights in the cup against other smaller clubs and bigger clubs but surely this has to end um, and it's the next day as well. I just want to wake up the next day and we have won the cup and we put it to bed and it just means so much and it'll it'll also help. We've never won the cup since we left Milltown and that's another thing that we need to put to bed. That that we've won the cup, we've won every trophy since we lost Milltown and that's what it matters to me. Is it's 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 all the all the young lads and all the people forty years of age haven't seen Rovers win the cup, which is actually ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, it's about six matches, and we can't win six matches in twenty-two years in one competition. It's bananas, but it is what it is. So let's hope to God that we get there. But the weekend will begin for me and Aaron is Friday, Saturday. We'll be absolutely up the wall. But we're all together. The club is together. There's big things happening off the pitch, and most thing important is 
let's get this trophy and let's put this to, uh, this to bed and the next day it'll even be better than the, than the Sunday because the next day it's reality and we'll have a replay of a, a half tree in a designated bill so that it'll be, be thrown out on the Wack Express if anyone wants to join us on the Monday because I know all these boys here won't be in work we'll be on the batter we are the SRFC so Wack uh, as um, impressive as ever on the mic yeah. inspirational you could say as you've been saying for weeks now Let's bring it home now, Gary. Let's bring it home. Yeah, bring we're there. Home. We're in the final. 90 minutes is all we need, hopefully. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... He says this will be the catalyst. He says, bit, of, bit of inspiration he to goes, spur us on. One trophy leads to more trophies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Prediction League final table, we're doing Prediction League all season, and it's been tight at the top. Went to the final day. We came eighth or seventh in the end, prop. Wasn't too bad. Rubbish. I'm too bad. Oh my! You got sacked halfway through, so that then our, our performance got much better. No, uh, <laughs> I participated about three times. So sons of pitches on you. won, and Jake OM. So it was Jake and Dean, so who Dean, are both on our WhatsApp group actually. So Dino won the. Dino won the two hundred fifty quid. So we'll go. fix him up, and uh, yeah, went down to the final day. He went for all the home wins and uh, got the bonus points. So. Yeah. So there was only two points in it. Surprise, surprise. A lot of high scoring games on the last day of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's crazy. I had all them. I think us letting it. No, I, I just put us in anyway. I knew we weren't going to concede. But I said it was good for the odds. But I think Rovers let me down and somebody else. I would Both the score. F- I would have lost my bet. What I was going to do in the bookies before the game was I was going to say five plus goals in the Derry UCD game and the Harps. Sorry, in the Waterford UCD game and the Harps Derry game. Right. And I was wrong by one goal. One goal. There was only four goals in the Derry oh, game. Have you ever gotten odds on that before? No. Be over 4.5 or something like that, over 5.5, whatever. Yeah, so that was the prediction of the so we'll sort that out soon. And then we have the meet and greet Saturday morning, which apparently went really well. 11am on the Saturday, all the players were up nice and fresh to meet all the the junior hoops and it wasn't a junior hoops thing it was a club thing so that's why I kind of thought okay like this is an end of season party and you're not having drink to kind of let the kids in mm-hmm. whereas they, they need to find us they need to separate it. you know they had the day that they had, they had on the Saturday morning they had a meet and greet for kids so fair enough you only let kids in as well but there is a demand for drink and there's there's a, a will to make money so I mean there needs to be a separate a separate entity there I think the idea is if we win the cup, there will be plenty of opportunity and plenty of get-togethers. Yeah, I get what you mean. But uh, I suppose if to win it first, but no, going. By, I wasn't there myself, but going by the pictures, uh, looks like a good time was had by all. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna play a clip of last week's LOI Weekly with Steve McGuinness talking about his kid who's a Bowls fan and what happened after we beat them in the semis. Mm-hmm. Off air, you were quite sympathetic towards the man beside you because they went out again in the cup semi final stage to Rovers, which was, I suppose, fair enough. But it was a sad night in the McGuinness household. Yeah, yeah people would know that my son is, is a massive Bohemians fan, and, and his, his birthday was the next day. So we had we had planned to bring five of his friends um, to the house um, afterwards um, to to, uh, to celebrate his birthday. Um, I'd brought them to the game and I was taking them back to the house. Unfortunately, their mums had to come at 11 o'clock to collect some of them because they were still in tears after the game having lost but it shows I suppose the passion that there is for the uh, for the game and, and it's great to see it. they were hugely disappointed but sure, look uh, that's two years in a row now that Bows have been beating the semis but I think I was trying to say to my son and anybody who supports the team that you support through thick and thin and you really appreciate the days when they do get to the fun. 
that was a frustrating night and an otherwise amazing season for the big man. Yeah, definitely. We were all absolutely good after the game. And especially myself getting um, red cards, it wasn't ideal. So, yeah, it was, uh, go- it was good. Yeah, you love to hear it. You love to see it. <laughs> the Rovers... The Rovers in the 15s were beaten 2-1 in the league cup final by Pats Atala towards a nice sound course, pulled one back, but the lads can be proud of their achievement this season, so it's been a disappointing season overall for the Rosestone, I think. As regards to, like, silverware. Yeah, if you want to boil it down to silverware, which, yeah. which the club doesn't, in fairness. No, but if it is, it's a silverware, it's it's not a great haul, but, like, overall, the work and the effort going into it is, is phenomenal. If you listen so, to Stephen Rice, we, we had him on the show early in the year he talks about mostly player growth and development he stresses that much more than results and trophies yeah that makes more sense because ultimately they, this is all about getting them into the fourth team yeah you can win the trophies and the 15s and 17s and some players might progress but this is ultimately this is all about making players better and progress so that we can ready them for the fourth team that's pretty much it Moyo is anyway that's how I feel about it if you want to just talk about trophies, then Pats did win a treble of underage league titles. They won the 17s, 15s and 13s. Yeah. And uh, that 15s team you mentioned, five of those made the Ireland under-16s victory shield squad. So, uh, yeah, great shield yeah, there. Yeah, we have loads of internationals as well. So it is, the future is very, very bright. The Tordays League Cup, despite a spirited second half performance, the Young Hoops lost to 2-0. Pats getting a very late second goal as well. So Pats are sweeping the board. This season, so unlucky to our under 13 hoops in the League Cup. Um, in general football news, Gare, uh, Man United won away to Paris and Belgrade. Yeah. To which I thought, meh. <laughs> Been done. Been there, done that. Been done. Yeah, so uh, probably our biggest starting 11 and predictions ever. By the way, Garrett, we forgot to do this last week. Did we? Did you notice that? No. Don't think so. I think we did. I think we did, though. I have no memory of picking a team. or. I think we did. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it picks itself, I think. We're not going to forget Bar- this week. It, it, it's just between O'Neill and Bulger. I mean, you're going to have left... It's hard. How do you... Leave out a player who's won three cups. That's the thing. Left back is Cavo. You want players who have been there and done it and know how to win a cup final. Uh, At the same time, Gary O'Neill has been excellent. No, nah, has to be Bulger. I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing Bulger. He has been excellent. But I'm playing Bulger. Gary O'Neill is a good sub to have. So we all know that it's going to be Manus, it's going to be left full, it's going to be Cavo, right full, uh, Finn, Pico, Grace... Jack McAniff and Bulger in the middle Borky on the left Greener up front and uh, pretty much picks itself anyway the same team as Clark same team except for putting Bulger in putting Bulger in yeah and predictions <sighs> do you know do, I hate to say it, I'm saying Rovers on Penos oh my god we'll be scoring them this time I'm saying Rovers on Penos I don't know why I've thought since we got into the final it's just been there the bottom of my mind. Gary Rogers come off his line for four of them, didn't he? Did you see the one, uh, Tim Cruel? United penalties? No. He was nearly at the penalty spot. And they have VAR. It was insane. One of them was really, really bad. I'm, so, just, I'm just not going to watch it just for my own mental health. Oh. Because fewer things make my blood boil. 
more than this. Keepers coming off the line? Oh, keepers. Well, I can take them coming off the line. I just can't take them being miles off it before the ball is even hit. Oh, that's what cruel was. Both he feet. Was cra- like, he was just really, really fucking far off. Drives me insane. But I'm going to go Rovers and Penos. I'm going to say Rovers an extra time. One nail, Gareth. The nerves. Jack Barry. Uh, crowd predictions. People are talking about 40,000. I think that might be a little bit shooting over the mark. Like, I think you're blowing their beans a bit early here. I think I think we're going to do it in spite of the FBI. I'm going to say low 30s. See, I'm I hope not, I'm wrong. You can't base it on how late the FBI sold the tickets and how poor the marketing advertisement has been. I just think the interest is there. Like, Look at the Rawers Bowers games. The crowd kept getting bigger throughout the season. Mm. First it was 7,000. Or 6,000, then it was seven. Yeah, Robert's first final in nine years and Doc on for a treble. I think it's going to be the record. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, we did mention last week, by the way, the price gone from 10 euro to 15. Yeah, we talked about that before. It's I know, more cost involved. That's what they're saying. That's what Noel Mooney said. There's more cost involved. So I know, John Delaney's pay packet, something like that. Did you see the Robert's video? Uh, yeah, I saw it. So, there's been loads of them. Well, well the, the main people, yeah. one, you know, like Trembler, show, wasn't it? Showing the, the the final from the '87 and all. It was. It was an L Trembler. That doesn't give you goosebumps. I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, no answer. Senior league fixtures as well. So I think all this will will contribute to uh, a bummer crowd. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, uh, our buses. Twelve o'clock is leaving the Abbo. Three double deckers. Pretty much full at this stage, so uh, we're going to be going to St. Patrick's Church in Rings End, so that's where all the pubs are in and around there. We'll get more info on it as time goes by with Pride of Rings End and what they're going to do. So that's three double-deckers, all nearly full, and we're leaving from the Abbo. You'll have to us your own breakfast, I'm afraid. We're, yeah. not, we're not the points. We are not the points. Well, keep keep tuned, there could be something on the cards. And then when Rings End March with the White Horse, we'll be going, and all the details are coming soon. So the horse will be quarter yeah. to three and we'll get more details on it soon but it'll be definitely leaving a quarter to three. So check out Pride the Rings End, Rovers Chat, everything, all social media outlets and they will t- let you know when we're going to march on the Aviva. Uh, hopefully uh, an actual white horse car and not, as Mrs. Wilson said, a bleeding pony. <laughs> yeah, donkey painted yeah. white. Um, yeah, so that's that. So it should be fantastic. Marching from, from Rings End, the birthplace of the club. And the birthplace of Sean Cabana. Yeah. He's, he's their poster boy. That's it. Four more sleeps as well, Prof. Mick knows. Mick knows the crack. Yeah. Did you see the picture of Kieran Stafford from his backyard? Yeah, never knew he lived that close. That's pretty cool. See the stadium Something else, from his isn't it? Really watch it from his gaff. The Dock are claiming the Irish Townhouse as their pub. They always do. Yeah. They always do, and they always have done so. Yeah. That's that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. So twenty-two years of horror, Prof. It has to end. It has to end. <sighs> It's going to end. It's going to end. And we'll leave you with a couple of words. It's just, I think, if, if you're on the fence about this as regards to going as a neutral, I don't think neutrals are even listed as show, but you have to get there. This is for the ones who have passed, the ones who haven't seen Tala, the ones who, 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 who haven't seen us win a cup final. And there's grown men who are like that. There's grown men, there's young people. There's just, this is, this is the big one. And you have to get out and support. And we really need to make it a fortress on the day, if it's even possible. And get out there and let's just win this cup. Yeah, in 2010, uh, I didn't know a lot of people. Uh, I wasn't kind of aware of how important it was. I didn't wasn't part of the march, so 
it, in some ways this is my first proper cup final I cannot wait to wake up that morning and just go to the Abo and just be around hundreds of lunatics yep and I tell you what I'll probably go to bed early on Saturday <laughs> shows you what it's like but I think the almonds are there last time we even scored in the final was against the dark side who were favourites last goal we scored was a man with a surname Burn and the players would know about legends like you know Mick Leach and Paddy Mulligan who we had on the show earlier in the famous six in a row they would have met players from the teams that won three in the 1980s now they have a chance to make their own bit of history like their names will be mentioned in the same breadth as the likes of Mick Burn yeah. if That's they what can you're striving win for. the first cup in 32 years that's, I mean, I don't think the, the team talk writes itself, you know. So, I mean, there's not more we can say. Get there and support the team and let's do it. We're done for this week. Nerves are at me. I can't even say anything anymore, Prof. We're done for this week. We'll see you in the Aviva and hopefully lofting that trophy high. So keep on hoping. See ya. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it Remember to let her into your heart Then you can start to make it better Hey Jude, don't be afraid You were made to go out and get her The minute you let her under your skin Get better